0: Bernie and Sit in the morning Whoa! on the Red Apple Podcast Network. We are New York. Bernie and Sit in the morning. Talk Radio seventy seven.
1: Well, we've got black-on-black crime all over the place this morning. Black-on-black crime all over the place. Stephen A. Smith, ESPN, going after former Nick and Net star, Stephon Marbury. Actually, it was the other way around. Jamie Foxx going after Stephen A. Smith after something that... uh, Well, Jamie actually said it on um, Simmons' podcast. And then uh, poor Dave Chappelle on stage last night taping his uh, newest Netflix special... At the Hollywood Bowl, he's attacked by a black man on stage last night. How ironic that I was having Luke Legrano come up, cut up uh, Jamie Fox sound not that long ago. And Jamie rushed the stage last night in an effort to help out Dave Chappelle. So I know we've got the Ohio race, the Indiana race, Roe versus Wade, all that stuff. But i got a whole bunch of black-on-black crime for you.
2: We'll get to See, that later. That? It's it's all race, race, all race. race uh, you got race on uh, with Dave Chappelle and race uh, out in Indiana and Ohio. A lot of race, a lot of race. Hey, by the way, Chris Rock was there as well. Yeah, yeah. Believe, believe, believe that or not? Yeah, that was a big that
1: was a big deal. Again, he, it's the new Netflix special, and uh, like uh, Bernie just said, Chris Rock was there, Jamie Fox was there. It was a star studded event. We'll get to, uh, to all of that in a moment. There is uh, the great Bernie McGurk, my partner in crime. Bernard, good morning. How are you on this uh,
2: Wednesday morning? I could be a whole hell of a lot worse, Sydney. On this May hump day, it's a beautiful day. And I'm great. It's great to be with you. It's great to be with the, the gang, the crew, if you will.
1: Last night was a, uh, a great time talking about the gang and the crew at uh, the ballpark on Staten Island. Got to get to that right off the bat. First of all, the Ferry Hawks enjoyed their first victory of the season, so congratulations to John Katsimatidis, Eric Scheffler, Gary Perone. The whole crew on Staten Island, they get their first win. I actually have a great picture of me, Byrne, and uh, Kelsey Whitmore, who did pinch hit last night, the first female ever to play minor league baseball. And I had a chance to uh, talk a little bit, and there it is. You'll see it later on this morning when they replay this show on WABCRadio.tv. WABCRadio.tv. Really nice picture. And we had a nice discussion in the dugout for about five minutes uh, before the game. And it occurred to me I should have asked her about uh, Roe versus Wade, <laughs> but she was doing uh, right. of, I mean, she was, getting, she was warming up for a baseball game, Bernie, so I stayed away from that. But I'm sure she has an opinion, right?
2: Every woman would have an opinion on that, I would imagine. But we interviewed her uh, a couple of weeks ago, and uh, I don't think she would. I, I don't think she wants to touch politics. No, I no, think no. I think she's smarter than that. I believe anyway. I don't no, know. she
3: is.
1: She is. Uh, but it was a, a star-studded event there last night too. Not just at Dave Chappelle's Netflix taping, but I had the opportunity to uh, co-host Cats at Night at five o'clock yesterday, along with John and Peter King, of course, and uh, Vito Bosello, who's a great guy. The Staten Island. Borough president. What a real, real nice guy. And Lydia, of course. And uh, a whole bunch of folks showed up. Just about the whole radio station was there last night. And then, um, maybe the highlight of it all, the very first player that the Staten Island Ferry Hawks signed when they were putting together the whole baseball team Casey Clemens, Roger Clemens' son. And uh, sure enough, last night, first inning, top of the first, I'm in one of those suites with the rest of the WABC staff. And who walks in? Roger Clemens. A great picture on my Instagram. Get out of here. Yeah, at Rosenberg.sydney. And uh, there it is right now on your television screen, which, which, again, you can view after the show at WABCradio.tv. Nice picture of me and Roger. Showed up with his arm in a sling. He had surgery a couple of weeks ago on his shoulder. His beautiful wife, his daughter, and his son was out there again last night. So how about that, Bernie? Roger Clemens in the ABC wow. box last night. Susan Walton was excited somewhere.
2: Did you punch him in the face? I wanted to, but <laughs> <laughs> deep down inside, I think we all want to. But uh, let bygones be bygones. Now he's. What was he? In what capacity was he there? Was does he have something to do with the? His, his Hawks? son was is on the team. He's actually
1: Casey Clemens, the very first oh. player the fairy Hawks ever signed. Ever.
2: Wow, pretty cool. Yeah. Look at that. That's that's fantastic, Roger Clemens. He actually made an appearance on that the Dopey K Rod show. Sunday night on ESPN, believe it or not. But either way, I mean, uh, I'd love to meet Roger Clemens. I don't, I don't hate him like I used to hate him after the uh, whole Piazza thing. But uh, yeah, yeah, he's, you know, why? Because he's a Trump guy.
1: <laughs> he is a Trump guy. And That's right. It would make sense. Uh, the Sunday game was the Mets and the Phillies. So it would make sense he'd make an appearance because he was in town going to the Tuesday night game on Staten Island where his son plays for the Ferry Hawks. He's a Texas guy, of course. But um, he's in town for his kids' games, so it would make sense he'd be on that Sunday night broadcast. And there is the other video right here on TV of Clemens throwing the pitch, Mike Piazza sort off bat, hitting the baseball, and Clemens throwing half the bat at Piazza. Now you got your stare down and, of course, the rest is lore in in uh, baseball, the Piazza Clemens showdown. So the Perryhawks uh, get the win last night. That's the good news. The bad news is I got home right after uh, New York's favorite cop. New York's favorite cop, Lou, gave the Rangers a 2-0 no. lead last night, Andrew Cop, And um, I stayed up the whole way, all three overtimes. So just about every save, Shesterkin, 79 saves last night. Just to have my heart broken by Malkin late last night, the Penguins come back from a 3 1 deficit. It goes to triple overtime. Pittsburgh scores three unanswered goals, and they steal game one from the Rangers, who had a two goal lead in this one. So um, things were looking good and exciting, and the night ended up horrible. So when you consider that, I'm a Roe versus Wade guy, I'm pro choice. The Rangers lost in triple overtime. My right ear is not working. My hearing aid is not working this morning. I think I'm getting fat. This is not a great morning for me. You can yeah. call it beautiful all you want, Bernard. This is not a great morning for me. <laughs>
2: uh, well, the morning is beautiful, but uh, apparently you're not so no. much. Uh, no, But look, uh, we all have uh, adversity to, uh, you know, to overcome, and uh, you try to put it into perspective. Uh, th- tomorrow will be a better day. Uh, you, can be- you, be- you can become skinnier. You can fix that ear. <laughs> So uh, just look at it that way. Just stop. Do not despair. Okay. The glass is half full, not half empty.
1: Well, today I'm going to take care of all that stuff because I have to stay in the city one day a week. Danielle makes me stay in the city to take Gabriel home because three days a week he's got acting. He's got drama. He's in the play Matilda, and he stays at his school until 5 o'clock. So I got up at 3.30 this morning, arrived in the city just after 4.30, and I'm picking Gabriel up at school on the Upper West Side at 5.15. So I've got like six hours after the show to take care of myself. I'm going to go for a pedicure. I'm going to go for a tan. I'm going to go have my body shaved. I'm going to have a workout, do all that stuff, and eventually... Take Gabe home now. The Mets did win a doubleheader yesterday. Mike A is listening right now. they in his hospital. They swept the doubleheader against the Braves, and the Yankees did win, so that's good news. But again, the whole country last night talking about Roe versus Wade. Everybody, by the way, we had Alan Dershowitz on catch at Night, Bernie. So I spoke to Alan twice yesterday. And look, the feeling is is basically that the you know the Republicans get screwed here that um, you and I and many others felt like 2022 was going to be a walk in the park in the midterms, and maybe 2024 as well. And all that really did change yesterday. Every Republican conservative I spoke to anecdotal, friends, family, some guys in the business, every one of them now says it's a new ball game because of what leaked two nights ago, and you have to think that the, uh, the Democrats knew that when this whole thing started two nights
3: ago.
2: It certainly has changed, uh, but I would put, posit this, that the uh, decision was scheduled to come out at the end of June or beginning of July, so we would have had it then anyway. Maybe it's better that it came out this early. And by the way, it is not official. This was a, a draft opinion that came out in February that Alito wrote. I mean, anybody can change their minds. Anybody can uh, – you, you, you know, we don't know exactly where the justices stand this is what Alito wrote back again back in February. So uh I mean all this could be for for nothing. It could be that that you'll have a couple of justices Barrett and Kavanaugh say no no no, it's settled law. We're going to keep uh, we're going to vote for Roe versus Wade. That could that's still a possibility. But in the meantime these uh crazy lunatic leftist uh, woke-tard Democrats, I mean screeching, overreacting, overplaying their hand. This is the end of civilization. Which <laughs> Completely and totally ridiculous, I mean you know here 's a fact if uh, if the, If Roe versus Wade was overturned, the net uh, reduction in abortions would be fourteen percent less fourteen percent and and of those fourteen percent. Those people obviously can go to other states, right? So it's it assuming really they a could mid- afford it. Assuming they could afford well, it. Well, yes. and, and you know there's going to be Planned Parenthood and all yeah, kinds of yeah. uh, organizations that are going to set up for poor ladies to go, where, uh, to go to a state where they can have an abortion. So. Uh, They're just overplaying their hands, but uh, that's to be expected. Well, I I don't think they're
1: overplaying their hands. I mean, again, this is more about symbolism, as you're pointing out, because you're right once again, Bernard. Practically, it's not going to make a very, very big difference, right? 26 states are going to be fine. The other states will figure it out. But the symbolism, they, they can't overplay their hands enough because this is all they've got. Right, you've got inflation, you've got uh, supply chain shortages, you've got race divisions, you've got a bad war, which are responsible for in Ukraine, Russia. They can't overplay their hand enough. So I disagree. They're not overplaying their hands. This is the only ammunition they've got, and they've got to use
2: every piece of it. This is it. Uh, yeah, well, you'll see what I mean uh, as the show as the show rolls on. You'll hear uh, some some of these people, some of these absolute lunatics. They were rioting in the streets of L.A. yesterday. I mean, it was just like 2020. Yeah, it they were was. attacking yeah. the police. Not it was here, disgusting. Though. Not here. That is, that is overplaying your hand, and people see that and they're like, "What? Uh, I'm not down with these people. I'm not down with these uh these these Antifa lunatics and these these psycho sicko nose ring uh, animals." So that is uh, an example of overplaying their hand and turning off the people that they're trying to appeal to, in my opinion. Well, anyway. let's hope
1: so. I mean, let's, oh, you're right. I mean, nobody wants this. No rational person wants to see violence. But, uh, you know, I, I saw Whoopi Goldberg yesterday. I, I listened to Kathy Hochul yesterday, all that stuff. You'll play it, I'm sure. But uh, they, those people got that base fired up. Chuck Schumer as well, all these animals. So we'll, uh, we'll have all that for you later on today. But on a positive note, talking about Republicans and Democrats, clean sweep for your guy Donald Trump yesterday in Indiana and Ohio. So that's a, a big win for uh, 45, and a big win for the Republicans as well.
2: It's uh, almost a repeat of what happened in Florida with Governor DeSantis with JD Vance, and of course, all, every every other candidate that he endorsed, uh, JD Vance was down big time. I mean, just like a month and a half ago, two months ago, he was he was like at 11 percent. Trump comes in and he shoots to the top of the pack. There were, there were five candidates. And It was also Don Trump Jr., who was who was heavily involved, who convinced his dad to support J.D. Vance, who went up against a guy, another pro-Trump guy, but this guy, Mandel, who came in, I believe, came in second. He did. He was pro uh, get involved in Ukraine, where J.D. Vance was like, "Screw that, we got our problems here in the United States. We got our own border problems to take care of," and that's what made uh, uh, Donald Trump Jr. say to his dad. This is the guy you want to endorse, and uh, if that's the template for for going ahead, uh, I like it. And, of course, uh, yeah, a clean sweep Indiana, uh, a clean sweep Ohio. We'll see what happens in the other states. Uh, but either way, good night for Donald Trump, and uh, I can't say that I'm unhappy about it.
1: No, no, neither am I. So there were some great things last night. Again, the Staten Island Ferry Hawks get their first win, not as big maybe as wins in Ohio and Indiana, but uh, a win nevertheless. Maybe they can string together a couple of wins now in a row. The Mets sweep a doubleheader from the Braves. The Yankees win their 11th in a row, another home run for Aaron Judge. And we've got a great guest list today, too. Congressman Peter King, who again sat in yesterday, cats at night, was great as always. He'll be on this morning. And then a real hero, folks, Army veteran Travis Mills, who lost his arms and his legs on his third tour in Afghanistan. He survived, well, April 10th marked the 10th anniversary of Travis's Alive Day, the day he survived this awful bombing. And Travis will celebrate his Alive Day here in New York City. It started yesterday. It's yesterday today and tomorrow his motto is never give up never quit and again travis will be live in studio coming up in the nine o'clock hour this morning so a big show about to come your way Lydia reports beat bernie all the sports you need to know it is bernie and sid on a hump day wednesday right here on talk radio 77 wabc
0: (laughs) bernie and sid in the morning on the red apple podcast network
2: Back here on the Bernie and Sid show. Heard everywhere on that 77 WABC app. Simulcast on an Eastern Long Island News Talk 107.1 FM. Also, you can watch us on your smart TVs, on your computers at WABC Radio. TV. And uh, a lot of news, of course. Uh, some of it good, uh, some of it not good, and some of it just interesting. We'll get to it all. Sid talked about uh, Dave Chappelle getting attacked on stage while he was taping a Netflix special. Uh, I believe this was was this uh, was this actually being televised live on Netflix as it happened? No, no, no. I think I. No. It was being taped. Okay. It was being
1: taped at the Hollywood Bowl, and like you said, Jamie Fox watched the stage. Chris Rock was there, but it was being taped at the Hollywood Bowl for an upcoming Netflix special.
2: Very, very interesting. So you had that, and of course, uh, the the Roe versus Wade. I'm sure everybody's heard about this here thing. Uh, it's been. Uh, you know, they say it's going to be overturned. This draft opinion by uh, Samuel Alito, the justice, is out there, and he says it's going to be overturned. But uh, don't be so sure about that. I'll say that at the open. However, I, I said yesterday it's going to be like 2020 all over again. It's going; these people overreacting. They're looking for excuses. It's going to be riots in the streets, and and I'm talking about nationwide. It started last night in Los Angeles. It was very, very, very ugly. They went after the cops with a vengeance. Uh, play cut 30, would you, Lou? It sounded awful. An LAPD, uh, t- two LAPD officers trying to arrest one creep, one mutt, and the uh, crowd just went after these uh, LAPD guys. I mean, just l- listen to a, the, the chaos. This captures how uh, a- awful and ugly and nasty in and 2020-ish it sounded like. Cut 30, Lou, please. <laughs> So there you had uh, that. That's, that pretty much captures it. You have two cops trying to arrest one guy. You hear "f you, f you," and there's one cop. He's swinging his baton. You got to check this out. We'll post it on our social media sites. It the, 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 the two Latino LAPD guys. The one guy with the baton. He was great, smacking these mutts in the head as they uh, got near him, as his partner tried to arrest the uh, perp. Uh, though the the guy got away in the end There was another guy rolled up in his squad car Cut 31 He's telling him to back up They roll up on him in big numbers And they know you back up Cut 31, play this one Lowe. Back up There you go, they, you just have a sense of of the utter dis, the, the, the chaos that doesn 't even cover it. This poor cop got out. They telling them to back up eventually, the cops backed up because of these and he, mostly mostly white they 're all white people, mostly fat girls with nose rings, people like that, really disgusting people i got to tell you, and then uh, yesterday, you had all kinds of people, yes, of course, uh, some of them overplaying their hands, of course, they have to like Sid said, they have to do what they have to do. For November, change the topic, uh, you know, express all this uh, fake outrage. Because, uh, well, quite, quite frankly, well, here, let's listen to Governor Kathy Hochul. This is what she said about this. Uh, this is cut the 36 about this Roe versus Wade being overturned. Kathy Hochul, go ahead, Lou.
4: I refuse to go backwards. You don't want to mess with us. This is a fight that you will not win. As a woman, this is personal. This state of New York will always be there for anyone who needs reproductive health care, including an abortion.
2: So what are you talking about, you stupid moron, you idiot? Uh, do you know that uh, abortion has been legal in New York State since 1970, three years before Roe v. Wade? What is she talking about? What is anybody in New York talking about? Abortion is legal in New York and will be legal, and it's a lot more liberal than uh, what Roe v. Wade allows for, you can get an abortion here up until, like, probably uh, the, the the date of delivery, for God's sakes. That's how liberal it is. Schmuck Schumer uh, with his big, fat, stupid mouth. Cut 15.
5: The decision would be an abomination.
3: An abomination. One of the worst ever in modern history.
2: Everything is the apocalypse. Everything is, uh, you know, nine eleven. Everything, everything. And then you had this... Uh, Well, first of all, that was Schmuck Schumer. Then you had uh, Amy Schumer as well. I believe this is cut 35, Amy Schumer. Please play Amy Schumer in Foley Square yesterday, uh, sounding not quite as shrill as her dad. But go ahead, play that one, please.
6: Women want more rights, more access to abortion, more freedom, not less. And John Roberts and his court are spitting in our faces right now.
2: Uh, So she's reading from her phone. That's how, uh, you know, like the typical actress she is. But the the worst, I'll save the worst for last, and that is Letitia James, who was out there in Foley Square yesterday as well. Now, remember what I said. Abortion is legal in New York, New Jersey, Connecticut. Will be, has been since before Roe v.ersus Wade. Will be forever. Always is going to be legal. There's no problem whatsoever. Yet that didn't stop Letitia James from, uh, well, cut 34. Listen to her in Foley Square yesterday. Go ahead.
6: This is a five-alarm fire, my friends. We will not go backwards. We will not go back into those days when we used wire hangers. Not now, not ever.
2: No, of course we're not, because it's legal in New York, you idiot. You're the attorney general of New York State. What the hell are you talking about? What, I mean, does she not real? Do these people not real? Oh, no, I understand. They, they're they're willfully ignorant. They know. No, no, they no. know better.
1: They're, they're not ignorant. They're trying to fire up. They're trying to win in two thousand twenty-two. Again, this right? is this, I, they but, have to do this. They have to. Do they
2: think? Do they think we're stupid? Do they think we don't know that abortion is legal here and uh, there's no chance, no remote chance that it would ever be illegal? In fact, <laughs> Roe versus overturning Roe versus Wade does not make abortion illegal. It just, it's, it's not illegal. It just says, it's, it's a pro-democracy thing. It sends it back to state legislatures where people actually vote. Right. It's democracy in action. It gives people the opportunity to say to their elected representatives, I want you to go up to the legislature right. and vote on my behalf right. and say you want abortion. And right. that's what happened in New York State. And, and most, the majority of states in the nation. No, again, so,
1: this is all symbolic. It, it's not about, you're right, it remains legal in this state, but you keep asking the question, they think we're stupid? I don't, Last I checked, we've got a Democrat governor. We've had a, a long run now of Democrat mayors. Uh, rigged or not, we've got a Democrat president. Now, this could all change, hopefully in 2022, but are we all stupid? You tell me. Democrats are running the country right now. You tell me.
2: Yeah, well, uh, I'll tell you after uh, November... Uh, we 'll see what happens then uh, i don 't think we 're that stupid. I think there 's been an awakening, and people are going to vote based on inflation crime and 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 other things like that, not on uh, uh, this uh, Roe versus Wade uh, being overturned. I understand no, how emotional right.
1: it is you 're right you 're right, but this is all they 've got, so you know you can't, I know that so you can 't really um I know she sounds crazy and she 's saying things that are not actually true. But if I'm James, if I'm Schumer, if I'm all these people, I'm doing the same exact thing. I'm making this into the biggest thing ever because it's all they've got. So you can't really knock them. I mean, we, we well, could kill them for sounding stupid and being factually incorrect, uh, but th- this is all they've got.
2: I would say what what Letitia James did was was essentially backfires. I mean, that kind of shrill, uh, you know, overplaying of your hand yeah. right there. I think people say, well, she, you, you tone it down a little bit, lady. Will you please? And a plus... The spectacle of these uh, L.A. riots, which is going to yep. be plastered all over TV today, yep. attacking police. People don't want to go back to the, the riots of 2020 and that, uh, that you know, it, it, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris bailing out these people who are attacking police officers. Yep. We're done with that. We're sick of it. And that's part of the reason why you're having this backlash this year is the 2020 riots. And if they're going to try to uh, repeat that and think that's going to benefit them, I doubt it. And one other thing. Again, I said earlier that uh, the decision is a draft opinion. It's not, it's not official whatsoever. As a matter of fact, I listen to Susan Collins. She is convinced that uh, Kavanaugh, who she interviewed uh, uh, you know, before his uh, appointment to the bench during the confirmation process, listen to what she said about the Brett Kavanaugh and his what he'll do regarding Roe versus Wade. Cut 27, Lou, please.
4: I do not believe that Brett Kavanaugh will overturn precedents Roe. precedents are overturned. He, he noted that Roe had been reaffirmed 19 years later by Planned Parenthood versus Casey and that it was precedent on precedent. He said it should be extremely rare that it be overturned, and it should be an example. of so you have, of obviously, full confidence. I do.
2: So there you go, full confidence that he's not going to overturn it. So... Uh, the suspense continues and we'll see. And, and by the way, I don't, uh, you know, I'm not a staunch, uh, uh, pro lifer. As a matter of fact, I'm a reluctant pro choicer, believe it or not. Uh, so, but I wouldn't put my, my, my trust in Kavanaugh whatsoever. <laughs> I don't think he's a, he's a reliable guy. I think he is kind of half a coward and, and does, uh, bend to popular. Opinion and pressure and the, the the loud voices out there what are uh, putting pressure on it? I believe that about Brett Kavanaugh. This yes, is a, I, I got to be
1: honest. This is, I'm with you every day for like six years, and uh we brought his name up a thousand times as the poster child for what's not fair about politics. I've never once, never once heard you uh criticize Brett Kavanaugh until literally ten seconds ago. Where is this coming from?
2: Yeah, I never try to piss in the tent, uh, as they, as Roger Ailes used to say. Right. Do not piss in the tent, but, uh, there have been decisions, uh, along the way in the Supreme Court that he has voted with the other side already. Uh-huh. So he's not a reliable vote necessarily. So, what about he's Barrett? One of the, is he,
1: Barrett more of a reliable vote, Gorsuch?
2: Uh, she, it, that remains to be seen. She came along a little bit later. She has gotcha. less of a record mm-hmm. of, uh, you know, uh, voting with the other side, though I think she did once or twice herself. But either way, it's not it's not a done deal and uh, so that may be taken off the table hmm. when the decision comes down in june and july interesting uh, and, and you just heard susan collins i mean she was resolute yeah. she yep. was like no way is he doing that so yep. anyway keep hope alive ladies and gentlemen we're going to take it's it's still going to be a red wave in november though this is the last freaking thing we needed is bringing up abortion when we're about to uh you know retake the country essentially but it is what it is, as they say over there in Brooklyn, Sydney. Now, Traffic and Sports is coming up next. Right now, it is time for the 77 WABC Clip of the Day. Listen to the guys behind the glass with Justin Ellick. What? Luke Lagrano? Yes, listen to this. <laughs> Luke, Justin Ellick, Luke Lagrano and Mike DiDino, the guys behind the glass. Download and subscribe on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Now, they're behind our glass. Uh, they're the guys in the control room. Uh, Apparently, they don't like Lou Ruffino. He's been excluded. But either way, here's this uh, clip that they talk. uh, Luke has a message for New York football Giants fans. Oh, my God.
7: Giants fans, the New York media, everyone in the football world has said this is the year the Giants have to figure it out. Every single year for the last three years... We've said the same thing. This is the year the Giants have to figure it out. I don't want to hear it anymore, Justin. This is the year you don't have any excuses. You didn't do anything in free agency. You got two full-blown starters from the top ten in the draft. You've got no excuses anymore. I I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear anyone say that the Giants still have question marks after this season. You're in, you're out. Pick one.
0: On the Red Apple Podcast Network.
1: June 646 on your hump day Wednesday morning. Back on the Bernie and Sid in the morning show. Bernie is here. I'm here. If there's one video, folks, that you want to watch today, it anything it's this uh, Ukraine-Russia stuff, my God, I thought it was over already. It's not. But if there's one video you want to watch today, and this is why sports is the one place that every now and then reminds us how human we all are, Forget about Trudeau in Canada. For the most part, Canadians are good people. It's the Aaron Judge home run for the Yankees yesterday in Toronto. And, Bernie, I know you've seen this. But Aaron Judge, who leads the majors with nine home runs, he's been outstanding. And the Yankees have won 11 straight. Hits this home run in Toronto last night. The ball clears the fences. Some guy, like uh, all the way deep in center field, actually gets the ball. And right behind them is a little kid in Toronto, wearing an Aaron Judge '99 jersey and a Yankee hat. And this Canadian guy takes the baseball, turns around, gives it to the kid. The kid hugs him and starts to cry. It is to say it's adorable is an understatement. There it is, right there. The real relations between the Canadians and the Americans took place in Toronto last night between a man and a little boy and an Aaron Judge home run.
2: Did you see that yet, uh, Byrne? I saw it. Yeah, it was very, very moving, very uh, yeah, yeah, endearing to the Canadians uh, that they did that. But uh, yeah, to, you, you mentioned Justin Trudeau. Uh, he's our Joe Biden. I mean, yeah, he, the, the, he really he's is. not a reflection on the population no. uh, in general, not at all. But, uh, no, that was a real nice moment uh, in baseball. And that's why I'm, I'm back into baseball. I love it. I love uh, sports. Uh, Whatever they did a couple of years ago, uh, it's all in the past now. It's uh, onward and forward looking to the future. And moments like that last night uh, reaffirm my decision to Agreed. get back into baseball.
1: Yeah, and I, I've forgotten about that other stuff, too. One of the uh, sports note we'll get back to the Roe vs. Wade stuff, and that is that uh, Saturday, of course, is a Kentucky Derby. I was having this conversation with A.J. Katsimatidis, John and Margot's lovely daughter, the head of the local Republican Party here in New York, and um, I've been to every event, Bernard, you could ever imagine doing sports for the better part of 20 years. Major League Baseball, World Series games, NBA Finals, Stanley Cups. I covered the U.S. Open with Tiger, the PGA Championship out in the state of Washington. I did the Pro Bowl three consecutive years from Honolulu. You named it, you know, the Lake Tahoe Celebrity Golf Tournament. But the one event I've never been to, ever, is the Kentucky Derby. And uh, A.J. is actually going on Saturday. And the Six Horse In the race on Saturday, the name of the horse is, talking about the Rangers losing last night, Messier. Now, I don't know if Messier owns a piece of the horse or not. I don't know. Uh, uh, What's ironic is that horse was originally trained by Bob Baffert. And if you follow horse racing, you know that Bob Baffert has been banned from training horses here in New York because of the whole drug controversy. So he does not have a horse in this year's Kentucky Derby. But this horse, Messier, was originally trained by Bob Baffert, and it's one of the favorites in Saturday's race, right now going off at 8-1. to 1. So I'll talk to Dick Girardi later on this morning, but keep your eye on the six-horse Messier in the Kentucky Derby coming up on Saturday. That's, that's always an amazing event, and uh, one thing about the Show, Byrne, you know, he had that great relationship with the New York Racing Authority, and he would get all this money every year, and he'd ask Jody McDonald and Mike Francesa, Mark Malusis, all these horse racing types, and, uh, one year he asked me. He asked me, uh, I don't know why. I'm not a big horse racing guy. I mean, I'll bet the Kentucky Derby, the Preakness, and the Belmont, but otherwise, and maybe the Breeders, but that's about it for me. And I gave him the winner. And, uh, he cashed in big. He gave Jody McDonald the credit. You may remember this, uh, Bernie, but I was the guy who gave do. it to him first. And I know. Remember all that?
2: Yeah, I do. And you were pissed. I was pissed. As you should have been, yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, (laughs) but screwed you. He did, but he he got a ton of money. He put it towards the ranch, and it was all good. So keep an eye on Messier, the six-horse Saturday at the Kentucky Derby. Now, back to Roe versus Wade. You're all over this, and and, uh, you've watched everything on it, Bernie, read everything on it, seen every person uh, talking about it. Is it uh, 26 states, 26 to be exact, that will be affected by this or will not be affected by this?
2: Well no, uh well of course, yeah, 26. There there are uh, uh, about half of those will be directly affected by it because there states like Mississippi, Texas, they will have out and out bans on abortion. There will be I'd say about 12 or uh, 13 if I'm not mistaken. I'm, uh, I I'm not exactly sure. And then you have uh, other states will which will uh have certain restrictions, more strict uh, you know, rules regarding abortion places like florida it, uh, abortion will not be outright banned so when you combine the two with the more strict rules and the ones where there will be an out and out ban it does add up to 26 states 26
1: okay and then again it, it being overturned uh, that word sounds like it's very very dramatic but as you've stated uh states where it's legal here in new york new jersey many other states nothing's going to change maybe texas yes i'll tell you what state is intriguing bernard is florida what do you think happens with the state of Florida
2: uh well, that's a good question i mean uh if Florida is an interesting case because you know the culturally and socially they're liberal economically uh you know they're 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 more conservative and of course uh on the cultural side when it comes to protecting kids, very conservative, you're not going to uh groom my kid to a have sex with him or B right. uh, drag him into your lifestyle. So it's an interesting case. I'm not sure what's going to happen. I, I don't know if anybody knows. Anybody has a crystal ball on that? Let me know. But uh, we're, we're going to see uh, Governor DeSantis, of course. Uh, I mean, I don't know what his position is necessarily. How staunch yeah. a pro-lifer he is? If he's more like me, we'll see. Uh, we'll see. Maybe they'll, uh, you know, come up with some sort of compromise. But what do you have up your sleeve, Sid, that you're asking me this question?
1: Well, I'm just curious. I have nothing up my sleeve. You'd think I would, right? It almost sounded like I had some type of agenda or some type of piece of information, and I really don't. I just, you know, since so I own a home in Florida. I go back and forth, as you know, uh, a lot, and I love Ron DeSantis. I'm curious as to uh, the way that state may go. Just to get a text here from Tom Swazi. And he says he wants to come on and talk about Roll versus Wade. What do you think?
2: Kidding? Uh, tell me, get lost! <laughs> I'm kidding, <Get> Sal, <laughs> You're not coming on. We're going to talk about your weasel words uh, first. Uh, we're not going to ignore your weasel words yeah. so you can get on here and try to, uh, you know, try to ingratiate yourself with our audience with uh, a bunch of BS. No, you you weaselled out. You, you you basically said that you were morally superior to us. That I don't, want to, I don't want kids to be bullied as though we do. And uh, until you apologize for stuff like that or account for it, uh, I'm not going to let him slide on that uh, whatsoever. If he wants to come on, he's got to address that.
1: I agree with you. By the way, he, he did text me after that interview about two weeks ago. Can I come on every Thursday? It was great. And after I berated him on a personal phone call when he took it all back, he has never, ever texted me again. So uh, that's the end of that story. Anyway, uh, Fred Ricky Willis is my new driver it used to be Gene, as you remember, Bernie. He would pick me up in the cab every morning outside my apartment on the Upper West Side, 4.30 yeah. every morning. Now I've got Fred Ricky Willis, who takes me from Queens to Manhattan every morning, does a really good job. He's become a personal friend through Mike Sullivan. And he took me into the city, went back to Rockaway, and now he's got my daughter Ava in the car, and she's listening to us, Bernie. She's on her way to Manhattan to take two, not one, but two AP exams and if she does well on these exams today, she will uh, basically write her ticket to Bristol University in uh, London, in England, in the U.K. So, wow. uh, yeah, big deal. Uh, looks like that's where she will probably end up going to college. But today is a very big day, two very big tests. She's on her way to the city right now. So, Ava, me, and your Uncle Bernie, want to wish you the best of luck. We're proud of you. We love you. Go uh, do a great job today, and uh, before you know it, you'll be on a plane with Mommy to London coming up in June. So good luck today, Ava.
2: We love you. And we have full confidence in you as well because you're a brilliant young lady. And, uh, yes, don't stress. Don't be nervous. Just go in and do what you do, and uh, you're going you're gonna to succeed.
1: There you go. That's great advice from uh, Bernard, who's always good when it comes to stuff like this. one eight hundred eight four eight 848 wabc one eight hundred eight four eight ninety two twenty two. 848 9222 Again, Congressman Peter King He's so good. Coming up at 840, and then a real American hero lost his arms and his legs and an explosion in Afghanistan, but he's giving back now and has these three wonderful days in New York City, and he's going to be live in studio with an amazing story coming up at 925, especially this week when you consider that uh, Sunday is Mother's Day. Let's not forget, I know you lost your mom. Uh, Very sad about that, sad for you many, many years ago. Uh, Naomi is still alive, obviously, but you've got your beautiful wife, Carol, who's a great mother, too. So let's not forget, uh, this is a special week in New York, and coming up on Sunday, a big, big day. It's Mother's Day.
3: Well,
2: Carol is not my mother, so uh, I ain't <laughs> worrying about it. No, I'm just kidding. I, I'm just playing with you. Yo, I'm just, just joking. But, uh, you know, it's a big day, and is a huge day, and yeah. uh, you, you show love and uh, respect. To your mother and the mother of your kids, right? But uh, so yeah, no, it's a great thing.
1: It is different though. Like for your mom, and again, I know you've lost yours, and I'm sorry, Bernard. But it, you make it's like a classy thing. You take her for a nice dinner, right? Maybe you get her flowers. With your wife, you buy her sex toys. It's it's it's, it's a really funny uh, difference. Shut <laughs>
2: Yeah, it's a, it's a, a slight, slight, you don't buy your mother sex, party, but, I hope. <laughs> Unless you're that, uh, that, remember that governor from uh, Colorado? Yes! yes. I think it was Hick, Hickenlooper. Yes. He was actually watching porno movies with his moms. Yes. So That's... there were some freaks out there who uh, take it a little too far. And they're mostly Democrats. He was a Democrat of as well, course, but uh, absolutely. But no, we don't play that. Uh, we don't play that, uh, that wild nonsense. Not here. No, no, we
1: don't. So keep it right here because Bernie's got a ton of audio on the Roe versus Wade stuff from yesterday. Everybody you could imagine, entertainment, politics—they all talked about it. Our number two of this epic hump day edition of Bernie and Sid on Talk Radio 77 WABC comes your way right after Deb Valentine with the news. New
0: York, Bernie and in the Morning, Hot Radio 77. W- oh no.
6: Let's talk about sex, baby. Let's talk about you and me. Let's talk about all the good things and the bad things that may be. Let's talk about sex. Let's talk about sex. Let's talk about
2: sex. Let's talk about sex. Uh, okay. We already did talk about sucks with our moms, believe it or not, <laughs> I mean, back here on the Bernie and Sid show. Uh, yeah, 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 Sydney. what are you doing over there? I know. Uh, listen, we're heard everywhere on that 77 WABC app simulcast out on Eastern Long Island. News Talk 107.1 FM also, folks. You can watch us on your smart TVs, on your computers at WABCradio.tv. Yeah, a lot of things. You mentioned the uh, war in Ukraine. Boy. Are people uh, uh, really just getting more and more weary of that? Somebody get these two idiots, uh, uh, Zelensky and uh, the the uh, mut Putin, to to a table and let's get this negotiated and stop the madness. Nobody cares anymore. And uh, I know these Democrats and some of these rhinos are trying to drag us into it, but uh, we don't want to get involved in it. We got our own problems right here. We don't want World War Three. We got big problems here in the United States. But uh, it's 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 falling off the radar. Essentially, is my point. It and is. When so the I, American... I,
1: I can make a point that you that you just made, which is great. You said nobody cares anymore. So MSNBC this morning story you've been covering for days, Bernard, is is really going on and on about how JD bantz is an insurrectionist and uh, has made it very very clear that he does not care about Ukraine Russia, and I'm trying to figure out why that makes him bad. <laughs>
2: Exactly. As a matter of fact, that is what essentially won him the, uh, the nomination to run for Senate in November against, uh, it's going to be against that guy, what's his name, Tim Ryan? Is that his first yes. name, Ryan? Yes. The guy who ran for president. Yes, he, he yeah, won he, last night. Yeah. He won on the Democrat side. Yeah. And uh, so it's going to be an interesting matchup. But uh, as I mentioned earlier, J.D. Vance, uh, it was Don Trump Jr. who was watching a debate. And J.D. Vance was debating. Uh, oh, he was going at it with this guy Mandel, who essentially came in second. Mandel was pro-Trump. He courted Trump. He wanted the Trump endorsement. But the issue they were debating was the war in Ukraine and how much the United States should or should not get involved. Mandel was like, "Send them more arms. Let's get involved. Let's do this. Let's do that. We got to help them. It's, a, it's the American national interest is at stake." And I'm wondering what national interest. But anyway. Uh, Don Trump Jr. was watching, and J.D. Vance said, screw that. we got our own problems here in the United States. Look at our border. Look at the tens of thousands of uh, Americans who are dying from the fentanyl that's coming across our border. Now, J.D. Vance wrote Hillbilly Elegy, and it was all about his mom's was an opioid addict. And so he knows about these uh, drug overdoses that are occurring among his, you know, Appalachian people in Ohio, yes, Ohio includes part of Appalachia. It's really, it's like it's close to West Virginia. I mean, it's as bad as uh, any place, uh, you know, in Mississippi or anything like that. That's where he comes from, and he sees the, uh, you know, you have in the inner city, you have the need for help, but you also have in Appalachia, rural America, a a great need for help, and J.D. Vance is all about that. And so Don Trump Jr. saw that, and he said to his dad, that's the guy you want to endorse. Uh, so Donald Trump endorses him. He shoots to the top. He was down. He had like like 11 points among the five candidates. He shoots up to uh, about uh, the low 30s, and uh, that's where he won last night, in the low 30s against uh, the second that Guy Mandel came in with, I think, 24%. I don't have it in front of me, something like that. But in any case, J.D. Vance last night during his acceptance speech, He said this. This is Cut 33. Please play it, Lou.
8: I have absolutely got to thank the 45th, the President of the United States, Donald J. Trump, ladies and gentlemen. One forgiveness example of what could be in this country. Ladies and gentlemen, remember 2019 when wages were going up and not down? Remember 2019 when workers were doing well in this country, not struggling terribly? Thanks to the president for everything, for endorsing me. And I gotta say, a lot of the fake news media out there, and, and, and there are some good ones in the back there. There's some bad ones too. Let's be honest. But they wanted to write a story that this campaign would be the death of Donald Trump's America First Agenda. Ladies and gentlemen, it ain't the death of the America First Agenda.
2: Yeah. Uh, So so there you have J.D. Vance, by the way, who's brilliant. I mean, he came from a really uh, dysfunctional family, mom, opioid addict. And yet we went on to Harvard and uh, great things, wrote that book, again, Hillbilly Elegy. They made it into a movie. Which I watched was pretty good, but Donald Trump is the victor. He's the kingmaker. He swept Ohio. All his candidates won in Ohio and in Indiana. Donald Trump. Listen to Donald Trump uh, of putting it all on the line. I mean, he knows that it's on the line. That people will say if his candidates don't win, oh, you're done. You you got no more juice. He knows that, and yet he still goes out there and puts his ass on the line. Cut 21, Lou, please.
3: Senator Chuck Grassley has my complete. ...and total endorsement for re-election. He's a great governor. He loves the state. Has my complete and total endorsement. Greg Abbott, Governor Greg Abbott. I want to pick somebody that's going to win, and this man is going to win. Come on up, J.D. Terry Lake, I'll tell you, she is incredible. She's going to be your next governor. And By the way, I endorsed another person today, Dr. Oz in Pennsylvania. Dr. Oz
2: dr oz in pennsylvania uh you gotta love him the guys he's uh, and he mentioned a couple of names remember these names carrie lake people like that i believe she's in arizona running for the senate against uh greg kelly i think that's who that woman is but uh donald trump again out there fighting putting putting, putting his reputation on the line and winning 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 donald trump now one place he's not winning is Atlanta. His guy down in Atlanta, Kemp, is the governor, the incumbent. He's endorsed an opponent of Kemp's, but Kemp does have the benefit of being the incumbent right now. He's leading. We'll see what how that plays out. Now, listen, Joe Biden. On the other hand, this guy's a complete and total loser. He's a he's a stupid uh, vegetable. He's an imbecile. He's a race baiting uh, piece of crap, is what he is. A, a corrupt, uh, a garbage man who who whose son actually made millions from the Ukraine, and now we're, we're giving millions back to the Ukraine, billions back to the Ukraine. Something stinks in that whole arrangement, but we won't find out about it until like four years from now. But either way, he's he's just a uh, confused. Listen to him yesterday confusing Hungary for the Ukraine. Uh, this is, uh, I think it's cut 17. Lou, please play it.
8: And just a few days ago, the Wall Street Journal quoted a young Hungarian fighter saying, and I quote, Without the javelins, it would have been very hard to stop the enemy
3: pushing ahead, end of quote.
2: A young Hungarian fighter. Of course, uh, there, there's no fighting going on in Hungary. And uh, he was talking about a Ukrainian fighter. Uh, cut 12. Uh, this is Biden again, confusing senator
3: and president. Go ahead, play it, Lou. Before Russia attacked, we made sure Russia had javelins and other weapons to strengthen the defenses so Ukraine was ready for whatever
2: happened. Well, listen. Uh, what ha- what happened there? We don't. We're not so sure. Uh, Biden was talking about uh, something about javelin missiles. There is a clip where he, con- he confuses. Us. Oh, oh, here we go. Play the clip, please.
5: Now, there have not been many senators from Delaware. It's a small state. Mass fact, has never been one.
2: Never been a senator from Delaware. So, I mean, we play them right. all the time. Oh my right. God! Right? I know it's funny. It's funny, right? Uh, but uh, oh, I mean, just to on. remind you that he's being handled. He's being he's being uh, he's a Trojan horse, is what he is, and uh, we got to get rid of this guy. We got we got and we have to w- take back the House and the Senate to to counteract for, as a course correction at the very least. Now back <laughs> to uh, this uh, overturning of Roe versus Wade again. It's not official. This is a draft opinion from Samuel Alito from February, and it's not official, as I mentioned earlier. Uh, In June and July, it may be that they won't overturn Roe versus Wade. That's a distinct possibility. Either way, uh, the Democrats overplaying their hand, in my opinion, with the outrage cut one. Uh, Lou, please.
3: If if this decision holds, it's really quite a radical decision.
5: This is a
2: dark
0: and disturbing morning for America.
6: This is a
9: five-alarm fire. We need to get rid of the filibuster, and Roe is just Exhibit
7: A.
3: Part of this November's election, reproductive rights will be on
7: the ballot. This would appear to be an invitation to have, uh, you know, a Handmaid's Tale-type um, anti-feminist uh, uh, regulation.
2: So you heard uh, Five Alarm Fire. Yeah, that Letitia was James, James right? That's Letitia James. Letitia James, James yeah. stole that. Uh, they have talking points. Yeah, Say Five Alarm Fire, invoke handmaid's tale as much as possible so you have them they're all phonies they're all robots i want to go ask ahead. you
1: a question though because uh, i made this point yesterday there's a lot of folks who came over here that are sports fans for example used to listen to boomer and geo and other listen to us there's regular guys like me not as smart as you or some of the guests we have on the show and this is uh, they're learning as we go along here when they hear something like we need to end the filibuster why what what uh, what exactly are they talking about
2: well uh, that's an interesting that's a good question because uh, l- listen, the bottom line with this Roe versus Wade is that uh, it's it's a law enacted by the Supreme Court by activist judges and in in this country, laws should emanate from the Congress, from the House of Representatives, from the Senate, right and in in the states the state legislatures that's that's the way laws should emanate, not via activist judges. that's not what the founding fathers had in mind whatsoever. And then Roe versus Wade was enacted by seven judges in 1973. Nobody voted for it. And so why won't the Democrats put it up for a vote? Put it up for a vote. Put your ass on the line. Uh, let's see uh, you know who raises their hand for abortion or against it. So anyway, the bottom line with, uh, the, with uh, abortion is that they would need 60 votes uh, to overcome this filibuster. This is an old rule. The fil- filibuster, old filibuster, used to be. Remember, uh, Jimmy Stewart goes to Washington, whatever that name, mm-hmm. uh, the name of that movie was, mm-hmm. where he talks. They keep talking. They talk. Mm-hmm. They talk. They mm-hmm. talk. Mm-hmm. So no, nobody can vote. But now that it's changed, it's morphed into uh, some sort of rule where you have to have sixty votes instead of doing the filibuster thing. Uh, you have to have sixty votes to pass a law, and in this case, for this, for the, the Congress to pass a law you would need to uh, override this filibuster. You would need over 60 votes as opposed to 50 votes, a majority of of votes. You would need 60 instead. That's what the filibuster is, and uh, that's why uh, you hear them talking about taking the filibuster away. That's why uh, they need Joe Manchin so much. Uh, He won't vote to override, to to try to get rid of the filibuster so that they can – otherwise the Democrats would would have been able to pass so many reckless uh, bills – So thank God for Joe Manchin. But that's what the filibuster is. It means you need 60 votes in the Senate as opposed to a majority, 50 votes. Now, uh, 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 Senator McConnell, the minority leader, and uh, Tom Cotton and Ron DeSantis, they all weighed in yesterday on this Roe versus Wade. The Republican perspective right here. Cut two,
3: please, Lou.
5: The radical left immediately rallied around the toxic stunt, making a last-ditch Hail Mary attempt to cause a political
8: firestorm and cause the court to reconsider. Democrats really don't see the rule of law or the court's independence as principles that are above politics.
10: That's a real significant breach of trust. You want to talk about an insurrection.
2: So somebody said that uh, that overturning Roe v. Wade is an insurrection, and that's what DeSantis was reacting to. Again, how about Ron DeSantis, governor of Florida, weighing in on national issues He's a player. Donald Trump he has got to look over your shoulder, man. This DeSantis guy, I know he was, uh, you plucked him from obscurity to make him governor of the state of Florida. But I don't know what's going to happen in the coming years. I'm not going to worry about it right now. But back to uh we, we heard Letitia James screaming this morning, screeching, uh, repeating uh, you know stuff that she heard on TV uh, in New York State. Uh, and, and, and again, that's why I say they overplay their hands. Listening to Letitia James turned i, w- I would imagine—it turns people off the way she screamed, just like uh, a Joy Behar and what she said on the View yesterday. Cut eight, please, Lou.
9: My worry is that this is just the beginning. Next, they'll go after gay marriage, and and maybe maybe uh, uh, the board—the what is it? Brown versus Board of Education. Yeah. They already eroded our voting rights a little yeah. bit. Wow. So I see some—I see fascism down the line here.
2: see, see what I mean? Uh, way, way over the top. Fascism down the line. Uh, they're going gay marriage. Not not even close. This is a, a singular issue in and of itself. Uh, and Liz Warren, in, in the uh, Letitia James vein, she was outside the Supreme Court yesterday, and she was just screeching as well. Just, I mean, this turns people off, in my opinion. Tell me what you think, uh, Sid, after Lou plays Cut 13. Go ahead, Lou.
9: How are you feeling? I am angry angry and upset, angry and upset and determined. Mm-hmm. The United States Congress that. can keep Roe versus Wade, the law of the land. They just need to do it. I- I've never seen you so angry. You s- seem to be... This is what the Republicans have been working toward this day for decades. They have been out there plotting, carefully cultivating these Supreme Court justices so they could have a majority on the bench who would accomplish something that the majority of Americans do not want. Sixty-nine percent of people across this country, across this country, red states and blue states, old people and young people, want Roe versus Wade to maintain as to the law of the land. In the womb, you, we man. need Thank to. Do not, not
6: and going we stand. have
9: a right.
2: All right, that's, uh, I can't take a Pocahontas. I can't take it. By the way, uh, the issue of abortion, uh, it's split down the line. The latest Fox News poll: forty-nine percent a pro-abortion uh, and forty-seven percent a pro-life. That's the way it, it cuts. And, and by the way, Liz Warren in Massachusetts, abortion is as legal there and will be forever for the foreseeable future, and has been for for, for the forever. It, abortion is legal in the state of Massachusetts, as it is in New York State, New Jersey, and Connecticut. So shut up, hmm. shut up, stop. I mean, you represent a district. Uh, a state, excuse me, where it is legal and will remain legal forever. So the, if, spare me the crocodile tears. Speaking of Massachusetts. Well, hold on. You,
1: did, you did ask me, uh, you said, oh, uh, I'm, 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 so sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. going to sorry. give it yes, to you. And I'm going to tell you that, um, you know, never let the facts get in the way of a good rant. And desperate times call for desperate measures. So I know you don't agree with me, and that's fine. That's the beauty of the show is that we, we still love each other. But uh, very effective, very effective, because uh, for, at the risk of repetition, this is all they've got. They are losing everything else. They're about to get destroyed in the midterms. And there will be some people out there that will hear that and go, you know, she's right. These Republicans. these no good bastards. They don't care. So for me, my opinion is and I hate them. I hate every one of them. I hate Liz Warren. I hate all these people. I hate them. But to me, the, the louder they yell, the more effective they're going to be, because this is all they've got
2: you know it is only got and uh, that's the sad thing about that that we have abortion injected into the debate the national debate on the verge of the republicans taking the house and the senate it's the last thing we needed but i just think the shrillness of uh of uh, and and the the histrionics behind you know her and Letitia james uh, i played her earlier i'll play it again later i just think that turns people off i believe that and 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 by the way, people are sick of it uh, people, these Democrats have been overreacting, overreacting every time that the Republicans put up a nominee. Uh, uh, back to Ted Kennedy and uh, this guy Bork. This is in the late 80s. Ronald Reagan nominated this guy uh, Bork to be uh, a Supreme Court justice. Just listen to Ted Kennedy. And the, he sounded a, a bit like Liz Warren. He was sober at this point, but cut 16. Go ahead, Lou.
3: Robert Bork's America is a land in which women would be forced into back alley abortions, blacks would sit at segregated lunch counters, the police could break down citizens' doors in midnight raids, and school children could not be taught about evolution. Writers and artists would be censured at the whim of government.
2: I mean, just complete and total lies. And that's where the term, you know, for example, uh, Brett Kavanaugh was borked. They used to say that. Bork was treated awfully terribly, but Brett Kavanaugh, it turns out, got treated a lot worse than uh, Robert Bork. Uh, Either way, you you hear the, uh, they go to extremes, the apocalyptic, uh, you know, sentiments that the the country's going to, you know, implode if we nominate, if we put this guy on the Supreme Court, uh, Kennedy engaging in that uh, back in the 80s, and it doesn't stop. Everything is like, the, the you know, everything is is Pearl Harbor. Everything is 9-11. And uh, I just think people are sick of it right now. It's inflation. It's crime. It's the border. It's not Roe v. Wade, though, though it is an issue that will galvanize some people, mostly uh, white women, I, I believe. All these demonstrations you saw yesterday uh, throughout New York City, even the riots last night in L.A., they're all white people. Even the the black people are uh, there were no black people there whatsoever. So it's like a it's like a wealthy white people type of thing, in my estimation. In any case, we're going to talk to Congressman Peter King next hour. Uh, We got a lot more there, a lot more on the Trump uh, victory out in Ohio. J D Vance, also uh, a a little bit more on this. Yesterday, uh, Kim Kardashian wore Marilyn Monroe's dress. We'll get into that a little bit as well on the Bernie and Sid Show. Keep it where it is, folks.
1: 3rd uh, Avenue windows, cloudy, rainy, kind of a gross day today, but tomorrow going to be gorgeous, 72 and sunny, and I'm going to run out of here, get that 1115 ferry and be on the beach in the Rockaways by 1230, and enjoy a beautiful day coming up tomorrow. Yeah.
2: Back Let next week, you.
1: is going to be in the 70s, but on almost every day, so you and I uh, will get some great weather.
2: Yes, uh, you and I and, uh, well, the rest of the tri yes. I would imagine, but... Uh, yes. But you and I are special, and it we drives us crazy. Yeah, I know. It makes people
3: nuts. I love it. It drives me crazy because well, I got it too. He got it too. But yesterday oh, okay. you said you didn't.
1: Yeah, you're like you're, I don't know. You're, you're like uh, Tiger no, Woods. No, no, no. Are you
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Talk about Tiger Woods. Let's do a couple of minutes here quickly before we get back to Roe versus Wade and the big night in Ohio last night. Uh, I did promise some black on black crime earlier, but this is sports. Uh, this is one of Bernie's favorite guys. He's the uh, the only guy, I think, to make $10 million at ESPN. I think he's the highest-paid guy there. And he's terrific. His uh, name is Stephen A. Smith. So uh, Stephen was uh, very critical about the Brooklyn Nets, who most recently lost a playoff series to the Boston Celtics, who, by the way, won a game last night, and they're tied in their second-round series one game apiece with the reigning champion, Milwaukee Bucks.
2: Anyway. Can I just say this, uh, uh, Stephen A. Smith? He predicted that they were going to to go all the way, so they made him look bad, Ah, so he's pissed off.
1: There you go. So, there you go. So, very critical of two players in particular. One, Ben Simmons, who, of course, the Nets acquired in the James Harden trade from Philadelphia, and has yet to play one second, one second of basketball for the Nets. And the other, a guy that I also can't stand, I'm with him 100%, is Kyrie Irving. Let's start with Kyrie. Stephen A. Smith says, we are witnessing one of the most delusional athletes in American history, in Kyrie Irving. So who goes after Stephen A. Smith? You're not going to believe this. He spent the last 15 years in China, but at one point he was a star for both the Knicks and the Nets. Stephon Marbury, who responds to Stephen A. Smith by saying, well, we are witnessing one of the biggest Uncle Toms on the planet. In oh stephen my A's. god
2: yeah yeah no oh no he did oh no he did oh yeah he oh, did, no, he oh, yeah, he did. Yeah. oh my god <laughs> i this know is a, this is great <laughs> oh it is great so here
1: is stephen a smith's response to the former nick net and beijing stars stephan marbury on his deserved criticism of net star kyrie
3: irving i'm not going to insult stephan marbury i will say Stefan Marbury has had a problem with me since 2009 because we thought he was a bit bizarre when he was eating Vaseline. What? Literally on video. What? Like it was a bunch of cheeseburgers. <laughs> like gobbling Vaseline. Now, uh, we did have Luke Legrano go
1: back and find this video, Bernard, of Stefan Marbury. With the vaseline and uh, Luke, what'd you find? He's out? not
7: gobbling it. I mean, like, listen, it's weird, right? You shouldn't eat vaseline. There's a lot of things listen. you you should be eating. Vaseline is not one of them. <laughs> uh, no, he just like put like a little bit on his finger and sucked it down like it was peanut butter. Right, that's that's, that's not gobbling. He wasn't, Let he me gobbling. tell you something.
2: Let me tell you something. Somebody calls you an Uncle Tom, uh, criticizing him for eating vaseline. That is a weak ass comeback. That is a cowardly comeback. That that is not uh, that is not a a, a proportionate response. To what Stefan Marbury said. He called you a freaking Uncle Tom. Yeah. That's one of the worst things somebody could call a black man. Agreed. And that's all, all you come back with? That's cowardly. Well, Jamie Foxx also went after him again. It was
1: Kyrie Irving for Marbury, Ben Simmons for Fox. Uh Jamie Foxx said on Bill Simmons' podcast, quote... It is completely unfair. Ben Simmons has a family. This man has people that love him. And this man just plays basketball. But to be dragged through the mud like this is unfair. And why is it that Stephen A. Smith only goes at basketball players? You completely mute it when it comes to the Tom Brady's, the Aaron Rodgers of the world, both white quarterbacks, by the way. You get where I'm going. Stop it, brawl. It's out of bounds. So here's Stephen A. Smith's response to the great comedic actor
3: Jamie Foxx. Jamie Foxx knows good and damn well. Ain't got nothing to do with brotherhood to me. I, I, I protect brothers all the damn time. Trust you me. It's what I don't say that proves my protection. White folks that I don't, I ain't never criticized Don Brady. I ain't never criticized Aaron Rodgers. Didn't I just finish talking about Steve Kerr? How about Steve, uh, uh, Steve Nash? How about Steve Kerr? I mean, the list goes on and on and on. When Tim Tebow was complete 46% of his passes, he works at this network. I ain't go up about him. I mean, there's countless white athletes that I call out when necessary.
1: See, so in all fairness to Stephen A. Smith, who I've also had my issues with him, and he does come off sometimes a little bit on the pro-black side, but I've seen him time and time and time again criticize white players, white coaches in his defense. So guys like Marbury and Jamie Foxx, Again, this is a reaction. Black people don't like
2: it when black people criticize black people, and that is absolutely ridiculous. Oh, it's totally stupid. I mean, in the realm of sports, especially if you're a commentator, I mean, everybody can't be great. You have to criticize people who screw up the Nets. I mean, they screwed up royally. They yep. were supposed to go all the way. Yep. And whatever they did, they, they, they that is ridiculous. Uh, uh, Jamie Foxx and Stefan Marbury... Uh, Uncle Tom. I mean, give me a better example. I mean, Stephen A. Smith can actually—it's provable that he, he criticizes white people. Yes. I—that's not an example to me of—I I haven't seen any example of him being an Uncle Tom. No. And you, for, for all these years, you've gone the other way. You said that he always said he, that he's a, no better than Colin Kaepernick. For no, God no, he, no.
1: He actually did defend Colin Kaepernick. Him and Max Kellerman both both made him no, a me. No, I hero. know that. Yeah. Yes so, but, but but there's no question that Stephen A Smith has absolutely criticized white players, white coaches. Course. He does come off too pro black for me every now and then stephen a Smith one hundred percent he does, but those uh, are, but you know the call
2: the guy and uncle tom is, is is a bit much I those are despicable cheap shots i mean it, you know why why inject the ugly racism into a a sports conversation? I mean it makes no sense to me whatsoever i mean that that speaks more of those guys yeah. of uh, Marbury and uh, Fox than it does of Stephen A. Smith, that they would do something like that. I mean, that is that actually, that's pretty disgusting is what it is. But Stephen A. Smith should ramp up his response yeah. to them. I mean, show some balls, show some yeah. guts, yeah. go after them and, you know, go, go for the jugular I mean, instead
1: eat, of talking eat, about eating Vaseline. Marbury is easy. Marbury spent the last I don't know how many years making a ton of money playing basketball in Beijing. Uh, but, of course, we know Stephen A. Smith is in bed with the NBA, but China is an easy target these days, uh, and Stephon Mulberry, Mulberry made a good living there, but uh, I don't think Stephen A. would go there. Anyway, it is a clip of the daytime, big guy.
2: It is indeed. Traffic and sports is coming up next, Sydney. but right now it's time for the 77 WABC clip of the day. Listen to the guys behind the glass with Justin Ellick, Luke Legrano, and Mike Dadino. Download and subscribe on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hear Luke and Justin talk New York Jets.
7: Zach Wilson has plenty of opportunities now to run whatever play he wants, which is not something that he had last year.
10: Now you have a real football team around you. Yeah. And, you know, nobody's asking you to go out and win 10 games, 11 games, 12 games. But I think Jets fans are expecting to go out there and be within a game or two of 500. We're being realistic, right? Especially in that division. They're not going to win anything. No. But if you're a Jets fan, you're planning on walking into MetLife, for home games at least, every week next season. And you're expecting to watch a competitive football game. Bernie and sit in the Morning.
2: We are black here on the Bernie and Sid Show. Again, heard everywhere on that 77 WABC app simulcast on on Eastern Long Island, News Talk 107.1 FM. And, of course, you can watch us on your, on your smart TVs, on your computers at wabcradio.tv. I urge you folks to download that 77 WABC app. Very, very, very entertaining all day long and edifying, I will say that. A lot of truth and common sense. And, uh, of course, before we get back into some of the serious stuff here, Sid, we talked yesterday about the uh, Met Gala. W- what a stupid waste of time event. Ridiculous costumes. Everybody looks, you know, just just foolish is what they look like. And uh, I don't know. I don't know what the point is. I don't even know what the hell the Met Gala, I don't know what, what it does, what, what who it benefits. Anna Wintour, of course, Anna Wintour from Vogue magazine presides over the whole thing. So it's got to be really important. It's got to mean something. I'm missing, I'm just a, I'm a knuckle-dragging Neanderthal because I don't get it. But either way, uh, Kim Kardashian, I thought this was pretty interesting. Kim Kardashian wore that dress that Marilyn Monroe wore the the night that she sung Happy Birthday to uh, JFK back in, I don't know what year it was, 62? It wasn't 64, that I can guarantee you. Right. But uh, either way, uh, uh, Kim Kardashian wore it. This was Marilyn Monroe that night singing Happy Birthday just to walk down memory lane. Cut 23, Lou, please. Happy
6: birthday to you. Happy birthday.
2: And this was uh, JFK's reaction afterwards. Cut. She's wearing a dress. She's basically naked anyway. Here's cut 24. Go ahead, Lou.
6: I can now retire from politics after having had happy birthday sung to me. Such a sweet, open
1: That's cute. Then why
2: did he kill her? Uh, Well, I don't know. If, <laughs> did he kill her or did RFK uh, kill her? Uh, I mean, the both of sure. them. Uh, was a, I was thought a, it was the brothers. I thought it was Joe DiMaggio
3: because he was he was jealous. He was no, jealous that, uh, no, they did Well, it. either
2: way, uh, that happened. And uh, uh, listen, they were actually uh, they got busy that night. They hooked up, and uh, Greg Kelly yesterday on his Newsmax show, he uh, wasn't too happy about celebrating this, uh, you know, this act of uh, well, I don't know this, this cheating on him because of course JFK was married. Cut twenty six. Play
3: Greg Kelly. Go ahead, Lou. Everybody knows they were hooking up. I'm sorry. And that's just not, you know, it's not ideal. Look, things happen, but should they be celebrated, celebrated like this? In 60 years, is somebody going to wear Monica Lewinsky's
10: dress somewhere? (laughs) You know the dress?
3: Greg, uh, a
2: little upset at the uh, immorality of the whole thing. He is a straight, uh, uh, you know, know, real straight dude, Greg Kelly, really is. So anyway, there you have that. And uh, Governor Hochul yesterday named the new lieutenant governor. This guy, uh, a representative con- congressman, uh, Antonio Delgado, from the Hudson Valley and the Catskills. Uh, this guy was going to lose anyway. He won by a hair last time. He was going to get swept up in the red wave. So he says, you know what? Yeah, I'll accept your offer to be lieutenant governor. And uh, either way, the, the the Lieutenant Governor Brian Benjamin, the one she had picked, who was indicted for corruption, by the way, Al Sharpton uh, suggested, uh, recommended that guy to Kathy Hochul. Just FYI, Al Sharpton, the uh, tax deadbeat, you know, the Tawana Brawley hoaxer, the guy who started the riots, who has uh, essentially has blood on his hands because of the riots, Freddie's Fashion Mart, et cetera, et cetera. She's taking advice from Al Sharpton, Kathy Hochul, our governor. What a disgrace! Now back to the Roe v. Wade stuff. Uh, Joe Biden yesterday made comments. This is terrible. This is a disgrace. This is awful. Here's Joe Biden in 2006, Play Cut 28 in 2006. It's not that long ago. Go ahead, Lou.
8: I, I do not view abortion as a, uh, um, as a choice and a right. I think it's always a tragedy. And I think that uh, it should be uh, rare and safe. And I think we should be focusing on how to limit the number of abortions. And they ought to be able to have a common ground and consensus as to do that.
2: Wow, like, you know, talk about a guy who just flip flops all over the place. We played clips of him about the border, same thing. Just a, about crime, same thing. Flip flop all over the place. The guy's just a, a total chameleon. Race two, he's just
1: race two. I mean, he, he's, race, What, what right. do you call those kids? Savages or
2: Pre, uh, super predators? Predators, predators. Super right? Super right. predators, right? Yeah. Now, now he's yeah. out there
1: defending every black criminal that ever survived that ever lived. So,
2: the imbecile is just the, one of the worst politicians ever come down the pike. Uh, With the exception, I would say, of Schmuck Schumer, who, by the way, uh, also uh, in 2020, there was some decision that was going to come down, and he stood outside the the Supreme Court building and actually threatened justices, threatened them. It sounded like he threatened them with violence. Cut 14. Go ahead, Lou.
3: I want to tell you, Kavanaugh, you have released the whirlwind, and you will pay the price. I remember that. You're such an idiot. You won't I mean, know what hit
0: you.
11: Right.
2: Uh, imagine if a Republican did something like that. Yeah, you, know, you know, you won't know what hit you. You're gonna pay the price. Yeah. He's, he's talking to Sonia Sotomayor like that. Imagine if a Republican uh, senator did just that. Uh, he would be arrested. He'd be in jail with one of these January Sixers in a cell right next to him. And as I mentioned earlier, this uh, this uh, overturning of Roe v. Wade, the reading of the opinion draft. Uh, from uh, uh, Samuel Alito. Uh, that is not official, and it's not the decision won't come down to June or July. It is hardly official. Uh, just listen to Susan Collins, the senator from Maine, on uh, Brett Kavanaugh. He apparently told her things, and she's convinced there's no way he's going to vote to overthrow Roe versus Wade. So everybody may be getting their pennies in a bunch. Prematurely, cut 27. Lou Susan Collins.
4: I do not believe that Brett Kavanaugh will overturn. His precedents Roe are overturned. P. He noted that Roe had been reaffirmed 19 years later by Planned Parenthood versus Casey, and that it was precedent on precedent. He said it should be extremely rare that it be overturned, and it should be an example. But you have obviously be... full confidence. I do.
2: So there you go. I mean, uh, it may be, all this may be moot. Uh, by the time, uh, you know, after June or July. so And it may not be an issue whatsoever in November, so I may be, uh, you know, sweating and fretting uh, unnecessarily. But just keep that in mind, ladies and gentlemen. This is not official. that This opinion draft or whatever they call it, draft opinion, I don't even know what the hell it is. Anyway, Letitia James, she's the Attorney General of New York. She was out in Foley Square yesterday. And when I talk about these people overplaying their hands, this idiot screeching like she does. I mean, I don't know who she's persuading or whatever. But anyway, cut 34. Letitia James yesterday in Foley Square at a, at a pro Roe versus Wade event. Go ahead, Lou.
6: So this is a call to action. This is a five-alarm fire, my friends. We will not go. Backwards, we will not go back into those days when we use wire hangers. Not now. Not ever.
2: I mean, does she not realize, Sydney? And I asked you this early, earlier that abortion is legal in New York State. Abortion was was legal in New York State in 1970, three years before Roe v.ersus Wade. Abortion was legal. It will always be legal in New York State. What is she talking about? Why hangers, coat hangers? I mean, it's that kind of rhetoric, and it's that kind of screeching that leads to violence, that leads to police getting uh, hit in the head with bricks. And it happened last night in Los Angeles, a play cut thirty, uh, Lou. Uh, Los Angeles, a full-fledged riot. The police shows up. The police show up, and they try to arrest somebody, and the crowd attacks the cops. They're videotaping, uh, cell phone videotaping, and attacking the cops. Full-blown riot in L.A. last night, just like 2020. As I predicted would happen yesterday, cut 30 go ahead. So there you have it. Just just to give you a taste, it it happened last night. I have much more audio of uh, cops telling people to back up, and they're like, no, F you, you back up. And the the cops actually backed up. So Letitia James and all these people are very, very irresponsible by their apocalyptic overreactions, getting cops, putting cops in dangerous, very, very dangerous positions. And we're going to see more of this as the, uh, well, as the months, the weeks go by until the June, July, announcement is official and unless of course uh, you know uh, kavanaugh does cave and votes uh, to re- to keep roe versus wade we're going to see a lot more of this crap here on the bernie and Sid show next hour we're going to talk to congressman peter king and uh, then we're going to speak to a hero he's a uh, iraq war veteran his name is travis mills we'll speak to him in the nine o'clock hour Keep it where it is, folks. We'll be right back. Do it
0: live! Hey, Bill O'Reilly here, and you are listening to Bernie and Sid. God help you. On the Red Apple Podcast Network.
2: Back here on the Bernie and Sid Show. Again, Congressman Peter King next hour. And a reminder: uh, a big, huge victory for President Trump. J.D. Vance actually won the nomination in Ohio. I know it's Ohio, folks. It's not New York, New Jersey, or Connecticut, or maybe where you live, but it's a huge deal for Trump putting his reputation on the line. Plucked this guy from obscurity, just like he did Ron DeSantis. He swept actually Ohio and he swept Indiana. Did President, the former President Trump, so. A lot of juice remaining in the uh, big uh, mean orange man. Uh, so, uh, you know, he puts his reputation on the line and then backs it up. So anyway, kudos to uh, President Trump and to Donald Trump uh, Jr., actually, who who brought J.D. Vance's attention. I mean, uh, brought J.D. Vance to Trump's attention to get that nomination. So uh, anyway, it's a good morning for my guy, Donald Trump. and uh, Although I do love Ron DeSantis as well. On the Bernie and Sid Show, again, Congressman Peter King coming up next hour. Keep it where it is, ladies and gentlemen. We are
0: New York. Bernie and Sid in the morning. Talk Radio
12: 77. Yeah.
1: where Paul Connell is very happy. You're playing you 2 out of Dublin at 8.05. 8.05 on your Wednesday morning. That's an inside joke. Hour number three of the Bernie and Sid show. Peter King will join us at 8.40. He just sent me a, a, a text, and it said, uh, Enjoyed my night last night with two of the all-time greats. One is a picture of Peter with Kelsey Whitmore, the female baseball player on the Staten Island Ferry Hawks, and the other is a picture of Peter and me. And uh, he will join me and Bernie coming up at eight forty. Of course, he's being sarcastic in my case, but
2: no, he's not. Yes, he, he is. He, no, he's not. He thinks <laughs> you, you're one of the greats. No, one he, of the he's radio great. radio greats. No, he, he does, and
1: he's great, and he did a terrific job. Uh, Bernie co-hosting with me on Catch at Night last night while John was cutting up ribbons and and uh, shaking hands. And again, a big night for WABC Staten Island Ferry Hawks when their first game ever. 4-1 the final score. Kelsey Whitmore did play last night. Got a chance to pinch hit in the game. Congratulations to Gary Perone. Our good friend Bernie Met Hall of Famer and skipper Edgardo Alfonso. And just a great night. You know, a lot of uh, Staten Island folks were there. Vito Pocella who's a really good guy and loves you and I, Bernie, the Staten Island Borough President. Spent a lot of time on air in the 5 o'clock hour. He's very good on the air. Uh, he was there last night. He was great. The folks from Staten Island University Hospital, who sponsor the station and the, and the team, they were there last night. And, and, you know, your regular Staten Island folks, Frank Morano, John Tobacco doing stuff in Newsmax. And it was a nice crowd, a couple thousand people in attendance. And uh, the whole Katsimatidis family was there, both children, the lovely Margot. So it was a big night. Uh, George was there, wow. too, the VP. Big night on Staten Island, Bernie, last night.
2: That's great. After all, I mean, we've been uh, working on it for a couple of years now, and to see it come to fruition is a beautiful thing. Congratulations to the cats family. This is, this is fantastic, actually. It is.
1: It is. And Eric Scheffler, too, of course, uh, he worked very hard putting it together. And I have never been in that area of Staten Island. I guess that's the St. George section. I don't know. You know what's funny, Bernie, is I was uh, calling Danielle, and I said, well, here's where I am. And she said, I know exactly where you are. I said, how do you know? Like, <laughs> And it turns out that the courts are right across the street from the stadium. And my wife has been in just about every court from Manhattan to Staten Island to Nassau. Yesterday she was in Suffolk. Uh, she's been in every court you could imagine. She knew exactly the block from the police precinct to the court. And uh, that whole area has been revitalized. Reminded me a lot, Bernie, of Brooklyn. You know, you got the water, just like the outfield in, in Brooklyn. The stadium right. is almost identical, right? And you've got the area in and around the stadium, whether it's Coney Island, where John Katzmatidis owns those two beautiful Ocean Drive buildings, or here on Staten Island, where they've got more luxury apartments going up around the stadium, too. It's almost like uh, the same exact blueprint. And Brooklyn has had success, and you would think Staten Island would enjoy the same success.
2: Oh, no question. And especially, uh, you know, I know I sound like I'm uh, kissing butt, but uh, if Mr. Katz Matides is behind it, it will be successful. Look at this radio station. I mean, it's just one example of many of his uh, success stories. So. Yeah, it's a great thing and revitalizing the neighborhood. I mean, just doing great things out there in Staten Island and I'm I'm so happy to hear it. Roger Clemens in attendance
1: last night. I've got a great picture of me and uh, Roger even though I'm a met fan, Mike Piazza guy I wanted to punch Roger Clemens across the face more than once, but he uh, his son Casey, of course, is a starter for the Staten Island Ferry Hawks and he came to Watch his son play. There's the picture right there. You'll see it later on today at WABCradio.tv. Me and the all-time great Roger Clemens. And he was really nice last night. I mean, taking pictures with everybody. His arm was in a sling. You know, he's still getting shoulder surgeries. He hasn't pitched a legitimate game in like 20 years. But these guys, the pain never goes away. But I got to tell you, he was very, very nice last night, Bernie. And any fan that came up to him, he took the time to say hello and take pictures. I like seeing that from guys, especially guys out of the game as long as Roger Clemens.
2: And especially a guy that was perceived by people like you and me as public enemy number one. Right. I mean, I thought he was the biggest blank hole in the world. I hated his guts yeah. so much. I really, really wanted to kick him in the teeth, all those types of sentiments I had. Yeah. And then it turns out that, A, he's a Trump supporter, and, B, he's a nice guy. You saw him last night. You saw, you, you witnessed it firsthand. That's, so. Yeah. What you see on the field ain't necessarily what you get in real life.
1: Well, not just on the field. Don't forget, he got involved with that guy, Brian McAbee. I forget his name, McAbee, McAfee, that was the steroid dealer.
2: Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. that's right.
1: And he threw that poor guy under the bus. I mean, anybody with a half a brain knows, right? I mean, of course, this is all accusation. It's all alleged. But if you have a half a brain, you have to believe that Clemens used steroids. And he made that poor guy who was, you know, just a, a loser, basically, but... He made that poor guy look even worse. And I thought that Roger came off uh, really nasty during those talks as well. But for whatever it's worth, he was very nice last night. Ferry Hawks get a win. Now, uh, along with Roe versus Wade and um, and the political uh, stories in Ohio and Indiana, what's becoming the biggest story of the day is Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle at the Hollywood Bowl last night taping his next big special on Netflix. He's got a bunch of big stars in attendance, Jamie Foxx, Chris Rock, a host of others, and some maniacal fan who's armed with a gun and a knife runs on the stage and tackles Dave Chappelle, he assaults him, and thank God the guy was removed and Dave Chappelle wasn't hurt, and believe it or not, went right back and finished the job. Very similar to what we saw from Chris Rock after Will Smith ran up on stage and smacked him across the face. So here I go again. I initially thought, and I admit now that I'm wrong, and you had it right, Bernie, that the whole Will Smith, Chris Rock thing was staged. Now I'm thinking the same thing with this. <laughs> Are you really? Yeah. Well, I mean, Why not? Chris Rock is there. Who's going to talk about him taping some Netflix show? Well, Nobody. Now it's the number one story in the
2: country. Yeah, but now you have a guy that's been arrested. I mean, uh, that, that's it's a high price to pay to stage something. Oh, they get to uh, right but, out. Who stays in jail these days? You can kill somebody to be out in 15 yeah, minutes. That's right. You're a black man with a gun in Los Angeles. <laughs> right. You're out on the street and uh, right. before the cop gets off at tour of duty, for right. God's sake. Before you, but you hey.
1: can cash your check from, uh, from your boy right after, the, uh, right after you're out of jail from uh, Dave Chappelle.
2: <laughs> yeah, that is an excellent point, as a matter of fact. Hey, but by the way, did you notice, did you notice that uh, I never called you out on the being wrong about the Will Smith thing? Oh, in stage, I, I'm okay with that. I mean, I'm wrong a lot. No, but did you notice that I didn't call you yes.
1: out? Yes. Yes. I appreciate a, that. I but took but the I high always road. call. But I call myself out all the
2: time. I mean, I'll No, sit, I know you do. I'll give myself some credit that, when I get something right.
1: But that yeah, That's know. different than me calling you out. Yes. Uh, you know,
2: I, t- I took yes. the high road. And it yes. uh, seems how you brought it up. I just thought I'd uh, <laughs> give you an example of well, my... Well, you're not always uh,
1: like that. You certainly, uh, more than once, going back four years ago, reminded folks that i got the trump thing wrong more than once <laughs> uh, well <laughs> till uh, i maybe, became maybe. A, till i became a big time trump supporter not at your level but a big time trump supporter then we kind of forgot about that but
3: when well, we
2: get, when we get in, when we, we we used to get into these heated discussions about yeah. politics uh i had to whip something out of my back pocket <laughs> you know <laughs> And um, that one was there forever, for God's sake. Yeah,
1: it was. Hey, listen, it's true. I did vote for Hillary Clinton back in 2016, but I'm adult enough to admit I made a huge mistake, and he went on to become one of the great presidents of all time. And still, even today, years after being out of that position, still getting vilified and murdered every day on MSNBC, they spent an hour and a half talking about Trump already this morning. CNN, I mean, the boss at CNN has even had enough? He's like, enough already. No more editorials. No more opinions. We're going to do just news because it's an absolute joke what Jeff Zucker created there. But say what you want, again, out of office a couple of years and still the favorite to win again in 2024. He's the man that made it happen in Ohio last
2: night. He's the kingmaker, and it just, again, drives them nuts. It's, that, that's the beauty of it. He, it. just They're obsessing over him for an hour and a half. But what are they? I don't even know what they're going to say. They should ignore it because he kicked their ass. He kicked their head. They were hoping and praying J.D. Vance would get 10% of the vote or something like that. Didn't happen. Again, Trump ran the table. Well, what they're saying,
1: just so you know, is that he was not a Trump guy, I guess, J.D. Vance. The guy he actually beat was a more
2: ardent Trump supporter.
1: And he was like J.D. Vance was critical of Trump. And he thought Trump was a good president but a bit of a jerk off and blah, blah, blah. But who cares? He got no, him to no. win.
2: I, the timeline is a little bit off there. He was a, a never-Trumper before the election. Right. And then he went on to see uh, how, how successful and how good a president that Donald Trump was and became a full-throated Trump supporter. It was it was back in the day when uh, there were a lot of never-Trumpers, Republicans. Uh, you know, during the, uh, look, for example, Mark Levin. He was a Ted Cruz guy. He, he, he didn't like Trump at all. Uh, I'll tell you, too, my,
1: so, my, my cousin, Norm Coleman, couldn't stand Donald Trump. And his best friend, of course, is Lindsey Graham. And Graham and Coleman would go around the country just vilifying and, and eviscerating Donald Trump. And both of those guys love him right now.
2: Love him. And by, yes, exactly. And, 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 and Mandel it was a big Trump supporter, though he didn't get Trump's endorsement. But, again, as I mentioned earlier and I'll mention quickly, uh, Donald Trump Jr. was watching a debate and they were talking about the Ukraine. And Mandel was, yeah, we got to send more armaments. we got to help them out. we got to help Ukraine succeed in the, this whole endeavor. And J.D. Vance said, wait a second. We have our own problems here in the United States at our border. We have people dying by the tens of thousands, the hundreds of thousands, really, with fentanyl and a million other problems because of the border, and other problems as well, crime, et etc. Et and Donald Trump Jr. saw that and said, that's an America firster right there. And, man, and that's when he told, told his dad, he said, you should endorse J.D. Vance, forget Mandel, and because of Mandel's pro-involvement uh, you know, in Ukraine position, he lost out, whereas, uh, again, J.D. Vance took the America first position and, and won because Donald Trump endorsed him. So that's the backstory there, and that, that should teach everybody. Uh, really, I mean, um, put America first. I mean, forget the Ukraine. Not forget it. It's terrible what's happening, but it, there's no, um, no United States on. national security interest. No, We're on. wasting no. money yep. that we don't have, and, uh, et cetera, et cetera. You you know, I, mean, the I, I
1: told you this story uh, last Saturday. was a gorgeous day, and we decided to go to the beach, me and Daniel. I told you this a couple of days ago, and we needed two extra beach chairs. And I went to a place on 116th Street, and I'm looking at the beach chairs, and they're $70. $90. I go to the guy, I go, What's, what happened to the days I go walk into CBS and buy a chair for 20 bucks. He goes, sir, those days are over because of the supply chain issue and inflation. He goes, I pay 70 bucks a chair. I got to make a couple of bucks. And then unprovoked, Bernie, unprovoked, he goes, but what do you expect? We give all of our money to the Ukraine. You got Ralph DePolitano, for example. He owns Ann and Tony's, him and his brother Tony on Arthur Avenue. They are dying for money, dying for money. Does this government try to save the restaurant business? Does he make that guy's life on 116 trying to sell beach chairs and beach balls and and all those fun stuff coolers any easier? No. And Americans who go to work every day and work hard jobs, they're having a very difficult time. To your point, to your point. Now, I've had two guys in one week, both retail guys are living close to both of us. And both of these guys are having difficulties getting by while this idiot president gives hundreds of billions of dollars to the Ukraine.
2: And similarly with uh, forgiving college student debt, same thing. He wants to spend hundreds of billions of dollars on on these rich white kids who who signed up for a loan that they now claim that they can't pay. They can pay it. Fifty-six percent of those people are graduate students, doctors, lawyers, professionals. And uh, they want to, they, they, he wants to give them hundreds of billions of dollars. Hmm. And by the way, it's not him giving it to them. It's him taking the money from us, right. taxpayers. That's right. From construction workers, from people, blue-collar workers who never yep. went to college, et cetera. It's that people who paid off their loans. He wants to tax you to pay for their loans and, uh, and, and, and give money to the Ukraine. So, no, screw all that nonsense. It is America first. And uh, that, that, that's the bottom line. Joe Biden is not America first. He's not looking out for you. All
1: right. We got uh, the great congressman again, Peter King, who was amazing last night on Staten Island, set to join us at 840. A real hero, folks, lost both his arms and legs third tour in afghanistan back in uh, well 10 years ago he's now got what's called the travis alive day his name is travis mills celebrates those days yesterday today and tomorrow he's also a gary sinise ambassador he'll be live in studio at nine twenty-five. keep it right here the wednesday edition of bernie and sid this
0: is lydia reports on 77 wabc here's lydia serranoi
9: well, you guys touched upon it a little while ago about comedian Dave Chappelle. He was attacked on stage as he performed at the L.A. Hollywood Bowl Arena. And there's a lot of video going around. Uh, first of all, I saw a video of the attacker afterwards. He's a black guy. And his arm is beyond dislocated. It's literally the opposite way. Oh, that
1: was so nasty that? what they did to him? Oh, that hey. was nasty. That, there you go. that was like the Joe Theismann <laughs> injury. It was so bad. Thank you for the order. Thank you. Spectacular.
9: Yeah. And, <laughs> And uh do you remember that skate when they bit up uh, when they beat up uh Rick James? I'm Rick James and they were like, you know, and they beat his legs because he messed up Dave Chappelle's white couch. You know, F damn white couch, so of they course. beat him up. That's basically what the bodyguards did Rick to this <laughs> guy.
2: Remember that that my... was the line, Rick James, bitch.
9: Yeah, I'm Rick James, bitch. Um so that I, it's, anyway, Dave Chappelle uh, he actually recovered quickly and he's a little out of breath. I'm going to play a little audio clip of him afterwards, cell phone video. And guess who's also up there? Chris Rock was with him. Take a listen. The first person is uh, Dave Chappelle talking, and then right after you're here, Chris Rock. Take a listen.
0: <laughs>
7: it was a, it was a trans man.
9: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: That's funny.
7: Was that Paul Smith?
9: Was that Will Smith? That's what Chris Rock said. Well, you
1: know, by the way, it is. I was kind of kidding around with Bernie last segment. Lydia saying, oh, I originally thought Will Smith, Chris Rock was a setup. I was wrong. And maybe last night was a setup, too. I was only kidding because what you really have to worry about now, and I've spoken to Danny's old dad about this, who's a friend of me and Bernie. He owns Stand Up New York, the comedy club right here in New York City, the Upper West Side. And there is now an open season. On comedians. So while we kind of laughed and joked about Will Smith and and all that stuff and what he did, some acted more, some of was more outrage and others, they feigned it. What he really did was was open up open season on comedians, and this will not be the last time somebody bum rushes the stage. So again, you watch it on TV, you talked about it for days and you thought it was over. What he did was really, really bad evidence of what we saw at the Holiday Bowl last night. Well, you know, yeah,
9: as everybody's I said getting back, so. I'm sorry.
2: He represented I'm sorry, uh, Lydia. Uh, Will Smith represents a cancel culture and he represented cancel culture that night. If uh, you want to get into, you know, symbolism, because that uh, is a perfect example. Chris Rock does a joke and then he gets punched in the face or slapped in the face for it. Uh, that was a, a, a perfect metaphor for the cancel culture versus uh, free speech.
9: I, you- I couldn't agree more. Yes, sir. so last night I tweeted out. So Kamala Harris says, you know, the whole abortion the the leak is an attack on all women, and so then I retweeted what she said, and I said, wait a second, I thought they said that they couldn't define a woman, and I thought they said that guys could get pregnant. I mean, you, you had the Supreme Court Justice Ketanji Brown; she couldn't even define what a woman is, and I got like it started. I got a lot of backlash for that. People were like, oh you know, this and that. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it's like everybody needs to calm down, but we're just basically using their own words against them. So it seems like they can be offended only when it goes against their narrative. Let's beat his ass. You know, I'm sorry.
2: No, I that, that, they played a, a tape of me. I didn't just say that. Uh, what are you doing oh. here, Louie?
9: <laughs> I was like, let's what? beat his ass. What? I like that. Oh, oh yeah! Let's beat his ass. But uh, yes, yeah, so everybody's. Why is everybody so offended by everything? Everybody needs to calm down. We should all be able to voice our opinions.
2: Exactly right. Exactly right. So, what do you have to say about that, Sid? What's your opinion? What's your well? Opinion? I'm so upset the Rangers lost. <laughs> <laughs> I was. On, That's my opinion. Was
9: he watching? Was he watching the Real Housewives reunion last night?
1: I, I did not. No, I don't watch that anymore. I stopped watching that show uh, a while ago. I know it was on because uh, I did put the uh, the Bravo Clubhouse on afterwards, Lydia, with uh, Andy Cohen, and she had two people not even involved in the Housewives of New Jersey. But, uh, you know, look, there's a lot out there today. Uh, you got a lot to choose so there from. Was
9: a, there was a big, I'll tell you, I just wanted to bring this up. So, Teresa Giudice, I know you don't watch it. So, she didn't put Melissa in her bridal party. right? And so, Melissa said, I'm your sister-in-law. How could you not put me in the bridal party? So, oh I wanted boy. to ask you, do you guys do you guys think that she should have been obligated to put her in? Cause she's like, I painted your mother's toenails when she was in the of hospital course. and you're putting in your brand new sister-in-laws in the, in the bridal party but you're not putting me that like have, has been part of your family. I'm the mother to your nephews and your niece. I mean, and Teresa was just like, when that clothes, win that clothes. But yeah. I believe my, if I, if my sister-in-law, well, God forbid she's been married a very long time, very happy. But I mean, like, we're family. She's my sister. My sister-in-law is my sister. And, uh, I, I mean, mean look, there's two things. First, first of all, from her she, wedding she,
1: she is close with Melissa, and she's very, very, very close with Melissa's husband, Joe. That's her only brother. Very close. But she's also very upset with Joe because he got involved in the drama between her and Louie. Well, Louis was at least, uh, the rumor was he was physical with his ex-girlfriend and she didn't like him being involved in the drama. But, uh, of course, no one could ever make an argument for anybody not inviting their brother and or sister-in-law to their wedding. That's ridiculous. Let's beat his
9: ass. No, no, there, let's go beat his ass. You're right, but Burn, Let's go. Wedding party. Hey, Burn, really
1: you, he remember, sh- but you he remember one time I actually did threaten to beat Joe Gorg's ass on this show now that you brought that up? I
2: <laughs> do. Yeah, and, I then he came, and then he came in and then you kissed his ass. <laughs> Can I get a what? <laughs> <one? laughs> what? Can I get a what? What? So, oh, That's always. So famous. when we
9: were, I want to, I want to ask you guys another question. So we're at the inner circle. De Blasio was walking around and he was trying to take a picture with everybody, and he ran up to John Katzmatidis to take a picture with him. And John, you know, he's always so gracious, and he ran up to even Chad, took a picture with Chad, which I looked at Chad and gave him like the side eye. He came up to me and Rabbi Potasnik and wanted a picture, and I wouldn't get up off, I wouldn't get out of my chair. And, you know, normally I'm a very, I try to, I was raised that if somebody comes to your table, you get up, you shake their hand. I didn't even turn around to him because he came up from behind because his table was behind ours. What would you guys have done? Because it's a a nice event, so I didn't want to, like, start an argument with him, but I didn't want to, like, I can't be that hypocritical and take a picture with a guy that decimated New York City. Yeah.
2: Uh, I would. have said, "Let let me see your hands. Let me see if I can see the the the, the cop's blood on your mm, hands." Mm, oh, I can't the hell do see you it. Think but you but, are big mama. Yeah, uh, I mean, look. He,
1: you know, he That's was on. Funny. He was on MSNBC yesterday. Bill De Blasio admitting that he made it's a big story today. I made a ton of mistakes, and now he's imploring Joe Biden not to make the same mistakes that he did. Or it's too late for both of those guys. But uh, look, uh, I was invited too, just like Bernie was Saturday night, and you could ask, Chad the truth." And I said to Chad, I'm not going because I'm certainly not going to celebrate Eric Adams. Not, no no chance. And I have no desire to see some of these politicians. I mean, the last time I went to the Harvard Club with you, Lydia, I ended up taking one quick picture with uh, Kathy Hochul. And I got destroyed for it online for about two days. So, no, th- there's no way I would ever take a picture to Bernie's point with any one of those
2: people. No thanks. Any of these, these rat bastards who are getting people killed in the streets? Screw that. And- one
9: that's of the politicians I said to I said to him, her, I don't want to say who, and I said, How could you advocate to take off Ed Koch's name off the fifty ninth street bridge? And the person just looked at me and we just kind of shrugged, you know, his or her shoulders. But that's you know, people need to have courage because right there that person told me they, they knew what they were doing was wrong, but they just went along with it because it was AOC and we need to have courage and that's what John Katz wants us to have on WABC Radio. So listen to his show tonight five o'clock you don't want to miss it he's going to have news that you you're not going to hear anywhere else the truth and nothing but the truth so help us god and then at 12 15 today i'll be filling in for the week so you'll hear me uh oh you
3: know, i heard you yesterday you
2: did, you did a you did a great job uh, uh lydia fantastic Thank you, you, you said it for Greg so kelly so yesterday it was very good I actually know, the it great was, Greg Kelly. terrific so there you have it lydia i don't know Serrani. if he's going to be
9: out again today
2: yeah. Well, we'll find out. I don't out. know if 12, he's out 15. again today. I
9: just saw Greg tweet it out that he's sick, so
2: I don't know. All right. Well, uh, either way, Lydia will be around all day long on WABC radio. Check her out. She's terrific. Traffic in sports is coming up next right now. It's time for the 77 WABC clip of the day. Listen to the guys behind the glass with Justin Ellick, Luke Legrano, and Mike Dadino. Download and subscribe on the Red Apple Podcast Network right here. Luke, he has a message for the New York Giants fans.
7: Giants fans. The New York media, everyone in the football world has said this is the year the Giants have to figure it out. Every single year for the last three years, we've said the same thing. This is the year the Giants have to figure it out. I don't want to hear it anymore, Justin. This is the year you don't have any excuses. You didn't do anything in free agency. You got two full-blown starters from the top ten in the draft. You've got no excuses anymore. I, I don't want Luke. to hear it. I don't want to hear anyone say that the Giants still have question marks after this season. You're in, you're out. Pick one.
0: Bernard McGurk. Unacceptable is throwing your beer can on the subway track. <laughs> Sid Rosenberg. I don't believe it's a three-man race. Bernie and Sid in the morning. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. <laughs>
1: So Billy Joel for you, perfect Billy Joel, Long Island. Nobody more Long Island than the great congressman, the better part of four decades. In our estimation, which is all that matters, it is our show, Bernie and Sid. He's the greatest statesman politician in the history of New York and now has really become an excellent broadcaster. Whether he's on 840 with me and Bernie every Wednesday, on with Katz and Matitis. And i got to tell you, every time we hit the road, And we've done shows now from Brooklyn last year when Margo threw that perfect pitch to the game on Staten Island last night. There's other spots as well I'm forgetting. Even the Jim Basso Foundation golf tournament I was at with Peter, this guy, he he fills in, he co-hosts, he's just amazing. So here he is, a great statesman, but more importantly, a really dear friend, the great Peter King. Good morning, Peter. How are you, pal?
5: I'm doing fine today. You know, thanks for all the kind words. I really appreciate it. And you know, we had a great time last night in Staten Island. Hey, Bernie, how you doing? I don't want to forget Bernie out there, my man. Congressman uh, K you know, We had a great time in Staten Island, and uh, what John Cazartese has done to make that team come alive. The stadium is beautiful. I had the same impression you did, Said I walked in, and it was very similar to the Cyclone Stadium in yep. uh, at Coney Island there. The water, the great view of lower Manhattan a uh, beautiful field. It's absolutely great. It was a great night to be there and, uh, to see Edgar Alfonso, the all-time Mets great. And then up in John's suite, uh, got everyone there. Former, uh, Congressman Dan Donovan, Governor David Patterson, Curtis Slewa, Andrew Giuliani was there. I mean, anyone who was anyone who was there. And then, you know, being able to do the show with you and John was great. So anyway, it was just a, a great evening, a great moment for New York.
1: It was a great, great moment and a great evening. And they got the win, which is even better. And, um, yeah. At one point uh we were talking to Alan Dershowitz and uh the stage the discussion morphed into Brooklyn Dodger baseball. This is what's great about you, Pierre. I mean this, you know that. I like guys who can talk more than one thing, you know? One trick ponies don't do it for me. And we we were delving into Don Zimmer and the fifty five Brooklyn Dodgers, and you would have thought you worked at the fan. I mean, you were all over it, you know your stuff. And then we went into the more serious discussion, which is Roe versus Wade, and you were equally as first, if not better, on that. And uh, you made uh, yourself pretty clear last night on Katz's show, but for our audience, first time they're going to hear you, what are your thoughts on this possible overturn of Roe versus Wade?
5: Well, first of all, to jump to the end, I believe Roe versus Wade should be overturned. I thought it was a faulty decision at the start. And even people like Ruth Bader Ginsburg have said that it was a, fa- a faulty decision. Now, you could be pro-choice, but as a lawyer or a judge, they really created a constitutional right out of, out of nowhere a right to privacy uh, involving abortion. There was nothing really at all in jurisprudence to back that up. But we've had it in, in place now for 50 years. I think that it is right to overturn it. But again, you know, what people are, uh, there's hysterics. Even uh, Mississippi, that, that was the law that, that was before the Supreme Court. The Mississippi law uh, would still, uh, basically, it sets a limit of 15 weeks. It said after 15 weeks, uh, you can't have an abortion. Even then, though, it makes exceptions for uh, uh fetal deformities, uh, health issues. So, it, again, what it does is it allows the states to come up with their own set of standards as to when abortion can be allowed and not allowed. In my, cases, I, in my case, I would be against abortion in most cases, but we're in a democracy. And that's why each state, I think, should be able to set their standards. And uh, we've come a long way. I mean, 50 years ago, when uh, Roe versus Wade was decided, it was based on the science at that time. That said you couldn't have uh, viability... Uh, before 23, 24 weeks. Now we know you can have it a lot earlier. So I think it was time for reappraisal. There's going to be people like myself who are going to be more conservative on this, but others are going to be very uh, pro-choice, pro-radical. Let's have that debate, which is the way it should have been done in the first place, not have nine elected judges set these definitive standards about when it's legal, when it's not illegal, when it can be done. Well, most of those judges were
1: Republicans. Let me just remind you, most of those judges back then were Republicans.
5: Yeah, probably. I guess uh, five, uh, probably four or five of them are at least. No, I'm not. Maybe six. I'm, I'm not making the partisan issue. I'm just saying we've we've come a long way in uh, you know what should be done as far as jurisprudence. Also, one of the key Democrats I believe who opposed Roe or- versus Wade was Byron White, who is was a white who was very big in the Kennedy administration. But uh, then he was on the Supreme Court, and he voted. I uh, think he, uh, he and Rehnquist were the two who voted no on that. But you know, others like Berger and Harry Blackmun, these are all Republicans. How Stewart? They all voted for
2: it. Yeah, Congressman Peter King on the Bernie and Sid show. Uh, yeah, it, it, it reverts back to the states, which is a democracy. Voters get to choose, and that's the way it should be. I know that's a point you just made, Congressman King. But my concern is this, and, uh, well, it, it, it is about the politics. No, as we approach November of 2022, it's going to be a red wave. There's no doubt about it. But this actually sort of galvanizes the uh, the Democrat base and it distracts us from the real, you know, the, the failures of the Biden administration, which we were going to win on in November of 22. How much do you think this will affect the election? And is the red wave endangered by this overturning of Roe v. Wade?
5: I still think it's going to be a wave. It's obviously going to empower the Democrats, at least in the short run. But I don't know, again, once you get outside of New York and California, I don't know how many people are really moved by people like Tish James screaming and yelling or Chuck Schumer saying how this is the greatest threat to democracy. And even when you look at the polling, you ask a person, should we keep Roe versus away? They may say yes. But then you say, well, do you believe that you should be able to perform abortions up to the ninth month, even after the child is born? Do you believe that uh, basically you should have an unlimited right to abortion, totally on the issue of sex selection? So really that, I would say, is probably close to 50 percent Do believe that there should be reasonable restrictions on, on abortion. And that's really what this court decision, if it turns out to go this way, is all about. It does make it, I think, harder for the Republicans. I don't think they should run away from it. I don't think they should deny it. I think they should try to give you know, show the examples where here in New York, Andrew Cuomo and uh, Kathy Hoker were bragging about the fact that you can actually perform an abortion right up to the moment of birth and even afterwards. So I mean that that I think would horrify most most Americans. So you know we're going to be pushed to make uh, you know, tougher arguments. We can't just get by and saying that Joe Biden is incompetent, even though he is. And uh, we can't just talk about how the Democrats have turned their backs on the cops and are uh, supporting all these pro-criminal pieces of legislation. We now will have to have a tough argument for us to make. But I think we can make it. And that's what you know, democracy is about. But ideally, probably politically. It's not going to help us, but I don't think it's going to be fatal at all, even severely damaging, if if we don't panic.
1: The great Congressman Peter King, you mentioned Cuomo and Hochul, and uh, the Bernie and Sid show, Bernie and I, we become the home for this uh, fight, this governor fight on the right side. It's great. Every time somebody comes on, they pick on another guy. And I've been in Lee Zeldin's camp, as you know, Peter, from day one. I've endorsed him from day one. I've never left him. I think, uh, you know, I know you like him, too, but... You know, Rob Astrino comes on and says, hey, this guy voted up and down with Cuomo when he tried to block me from running. Andrew Giuliani was on with me and Bernie a couple of days ago, and he flat out said that Lee Zeldin is actively trying to keep him off the ballot. If all this is true, I'm going to be a little disappointed in Lee. I'd like to see Lee win, but at the very least, these other guys should have a chance to compete. What are your thoughts on all these accusations against our friend Lee Zeldin?
5: Yeah, first all, I am supporting Lee. I continue to support him. I do think all the candidates should be in the ballot. I mean, Andrew you has shown a lot of strength. I don't think it's, uh, you know, the right thing to do to play a democratic game, the technicalities of, you know, uh, you know, trying to knock him off, off the ballot because maybe a, a, comma or a semicolon wasn't in the right place on, on a petition. Now all, all parties do that, but I, I think it would, it would look better for Lee if he said, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to take on everybody, uh, do that as far as, we voting with Andrew Cuomo, what they're talking about, basically, is back, uh, I guess, 2013, 2014. And uh, that's when Cuomo was actually fairly conservative. I remember he was the guest speaker at the State Conservative Convention one year. And so it, it, that's when he was basically in a fight with Shelly Silver and the left-wing Democrats. And they you know, they were making budget cuts. They were more responsible. Listen, there was a time when Andrew Cuomo was named man of the year by the, by the uh, New York City PBA. So uh, uh, that, that's when Lee Zeldin and many Republicans were voting on Andrew Cuomo. And a lot of those votes were against the Democratic left. So uh, uh, Lee overall has had a solid conservative record, certainly in Congress. He was a very supportive of President Trump. Uh, he had a very high conservative uh, voting record, probably one of the highest in New York. And he, he, he'd be a very good governor. I don't think we should be killing ourselves internally. And I think Rob Astorino, he ran a great race for governor. When he ran back, I guess it was in 2014, I'm losing track of these now. Yeah, he ran in 2014, he ran a good race. Uh, Andrew Giuliani has shown amazing strength for a guy who's never been in office. I mean, he always does well in the polls. So, listen, let's have it out. Harry Wilson, listen, he contributed to the uh, the Bragg's campaign, so he's off on his own. I'm not talking about him. (laughs) I think Rob Rob, Rob and and Lee and Andrew could have a good primary, and, and, and I hope that Lee wins
2: it. Congressman Peter King on the Bernie and Sid show. Congressman, when you uh, sat in for Sid Rosenberg one, one morning with me, uh, I put you on the spot. Uh, I, put, I, 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 I asked you the question, Ron DeSantis or Donald Trump. And, uh, I mean, you sheepishly, uh, you, you sheepishly chose Ron DeSantis for 2024, understandably, because you're going to get a lot, of, a lot of blowback from Trump supporters, I guess. But it turns out that the Trump's not done. He's the kingmaker. Uh, last night, uh, the guy he endorsed, he was uh, J.D. Vance, was way, way behind when he endorsed him, and then he surged to the top of the heap. Five candidates, Then he won last night. And uh, Trump swept. Uh, it was a clean sweep in Ohio and Indiana. So Donald Trump still has the juice. So it looks like we're going to see. Uh, well, it, it depends on what Ron DeSantis does, but the uh, Trump's power doesn't seem to be waning. His juice is. Uh, as, 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 as moist as ever, if you will, Congressman King. What are your thoughts on all that? Yeah, I, I wasn't being
5: sheepish when I said that. Really, I was being reluctant because I strongly supported Donald Trump when he was president. I think he was an excellent president. But I feel the reality is I still think that Ron DeSantis would be a stronger candidate That he would espouse everything that Donald Trump does. But I think that he's better able to articulate it in the media today. Uh, he, wouldn't be ca- he wouldn't constantly be on defense. And it would be really about uh, his views and the Democratic views, rather than what you know whether or not Donald Trump said this or that. Having said that, I would certainly support Donald Trump over any of the uh, any of the Democrats. And I, I don't think Ron DeSantis would run against Trump. And you asked me, why I thought he would be the strongest candidate. I thought, all things being equal, I thought Ron DeSantis would be a stronger candidate. Now, here's where I disagree with you guys. I. Uh,
2: Oh, in Ukraine, Congressman King. King, start over yeah. again because you got cut off for a little bit. Here's when, when okay, we fine. disagree with us. Take him from oh, yeah, there.
5: No, I do. As far as Ukraine, I think Ukraine is is essential to our national security, and it's not some rhinos. Where people like Ted Cruz feel that way, Ron DeSantis feels that way, yeah. and I go back to the days of Ronald Reagan, where people say now, you know, because we have domestic issues. We shouldn't be putting all this money into ukraine but we had the worst economic crisis of all when ronald reagan took over and yet he put tons of money into afghanistan against the russians because we have to look at it globally and i think right now that china and russia have a marriage of convenience they are moving certainly china is moving all over the world and if we don't stop them in ukraine when all all europeans will know is when this is over Russia will have won, and that's, I think, then you'll see Germany and others yielding to Russia, yielding to China, mm-hmm. and we will be economically uh, isolated, really. So I am very concerned about this. Okay. And I think that uh, we have to stand in Ukraine, and it's not some minor issue. I would say probably most of the Republicans in Congress yeah. believe we should be giving aid to yeah. Ukraine. Yeah. It, was by, it was Obama that stopped giving aid to tw- uh, them in 2014. And if we're going to make categories here, I mean, you guys, or on the same side as AOC. I thought I'd take that cheap shot.
1: That's okay. Well, uh-huh. I mean, you're wrong anyway. I mean, you're, you're a bright guy and you're a great uh, politician. Right. And we love you to death, but I mean, you're so wrong. It's, I, I, I actually was talking while you were talking because it was like, I don't know what you were saying. Uh, but on a certain... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> how about our local baseball teams? You always wrap up with baseball with you, Peter. Aaron Judge hits a home run last night and, uh, the guy in Canada, the Toronto game oh, turns around. Great. Was that great? But, but how about the Mets? You know, this is a story we didn't talk much about, but you're a Long Island guy. So is Bernard. Some little kid playing a Little League baseball game is rounding second on his way to third on Long Island, Little League baseball. He collapsed and he died, had an epileptic seizure and died right in front of his father on the baseball field. And the Mets honored him last night. That's a, a Long Island story, again, near and dear to you and Bernard. What a great job by the Mets.
5: No, it really was, and to me, again, it's a tragedy that young kid died. I mean, I, I love to watch my grandson play ball. I love to watch my son play ball. Uh, I would have loved to see myself play ball, even though I was never that good. I think I, I faded out when I was about 16. Mm-hmm. But no, baseball is American su- support, and again, that you know that family of that poor kid who died playing baseball. Apparently, baseball had nothing to do with it. It was not caused by baseball. Mm-hmm. But what the Mets did in honoring him and honoring uh, you know the family that you know, that has to be. In a time of tragedy, so reassuring. And, uh, you know, even like last night, being in Staten Island, uh, to me, baseball is, you know, to me, will be America's support. Uh, a, a sport. And uh, uh, Mets and Yankees, whoever thought. I mean, you know, being a Mets fan, you're afraid to wake up the next day. Or <laughs> somehow they're going to end up losing 60 in a row or right, whatever it right, is. Right. Or, uh, but uh, to be doing this without DeGrom, that's the other thing. I mean, DeGrom's been out, and they're doing great. I think Buck's uh, so well. Deserves a lot of the credit for this. Don't ask me why, but all I know is all the right decisions are being made. The guys who have to get the key hits are making them. The relievers who have to get it done, for the most part, get it done. The starters. I mean, this guy McGill. I mean, he was floundering around last year. Now uh, he's doing great. Yeah, the no hitter the other night. Diaz. He gives you a heart attack when he comes in, but he's <laughs> getting it done. So no, this is a these are great times for New York and baseball. Let's let's end the season right now and go right to a Subway. Yeah.
2: we go. You got to believe, baby. Yes, Congressman King, you were great. As always on the Bernie and Sitchell, thank you so much. We love you, Congressman being
5: able to honestly disagree with you guys. It, it really means a lot to be able to do that and, and not have this cancel culture on either side. So you guys are great. Oh, Thanks a lot.
1: Oh, you, Of, of course. course. And also,
5: Bernie, why, why do all these women in Staten Island go crazy after Sid? They were yelling did
2: No, all kidding aside, did you see that last night? <laughs> I'll tell you. I'll tell you why they're only human. That's all. That's that's the answer. I mean, bottom line. Uh, you guys. Congressman funny. King, thanks again. Thank you, we'll, Peter. We'll, you guys. Okay, Bernie. We'll do it again. Bye now. All right. Matt. Appreciate it. Uh, on the Bernie and Sid Show, one eight hundred eight eight nine two two two. We're going to speak to Travis Mills, war hero, coming up in the next hour. Keep it where it is, please.
0: New York, Bernie and Sid in the morning. Talk radio, seventy-seven. W. ABC. Hey, where's my little music?
2: Back here on the Birdie and Sid Show. Heard everywhere on that 77 WABC app simulcast on Eastern Long Island, News Talk 107.1 FM. Also, you can watch us on your smart TVs, on your computers at TV. Great conversation with Congressman King. I just love that man. Really, one of the more beloved figures in the yep. tri-state area is uh, Congressman Peter King. There's there's nothing not to like about that gentleman right there. True. Great, Great guy. He's, he right is, guy. you know, yeah. and he's, he's, it is in his like mid 70s. He's living the life, you know. Uh, he's li- I'm, I'm so happy for him that he's retired. He's enjoying his family. He's got a, a career in broadcasting a post uh, politics, and it's a beautiful thing. I just thought I'd say that because, uh, so anyway, even though he, uh, picked Ron DeSantis over, uh, Donald Trump, he doesn't think DeSantis is going to run. He's a Trump guy through and through. He worked with Trump throughout the years, and, uh, well, Donald Trump had a great night last night. He really, really did. And the fake news—they were gearing up for Trump to fail big time. Listen to the fake news. Uh, Cut twenty-two, Lou. Uh, all, on all these Trump endorsements, listen to the the them salivating, wetting, uh, you know, licking their chops. For all his candidates, the ones that he picked to fail, cut 22, play that. The
4: power of Donald Trump's endorsements getting put to the test. Ohio is going to be a big test for the former president.
9: It is
8: a big test for the former president.
9: It's going to be a big test for Trump. We've got Ohio, we've got North Carolina, Pennsylvania, where he endorsed Dr. Oz, Texas, Georgia, lots of Trump candidates coming up on the ballot.
2: You're damn right. And uh, guess what? He's coming through so far. Last night he ran the table in Ohio, as I pointed out, to Congressman King and uh, also in Indiana. And uh, J.D. Vance is going to be the Republican nominee for the Senate from Ohio. Now, this guy, J.D. Vance, he wrote that book called Hillbilly Elegy. They made it into a movie. I watched it on Netflix. It was pretty good. He came from awful, awful circumstances. His mother was a a heroin addict, and uh, yet he went to Harvard and uh, succeeded wildly, and now... He's this close to going to the Senate. He's going to run against this guy, Congressman Tim Ryan, who ran for president, who can be a real nasty SOB. So it's going to be a dirty and ugly and exciting race. Anyway, J.D. Vance last night, his acceptance speech cut 33, Lou.
8: I have absolutely got to thank the 45th, the president of the United States, Donald J. Trump, ladies and gentlemen. One forgiveness example of what could be in this country. Ladies and gentlemen, remember 2019 when wages were going up and not down? Remember 2019 when workers were doing well in this country, not struggling terribly? Thanks to the president for everything, for endorsing me. And I gotta say, a lot of the fake news media out there, and, and, and there are some good ones in the back there. There's some bad ones too. Let's be honest. But they wanted to write a story that this campaign would be the death of Donald Trump's America First agenda. Ladies and gentlemen, it ain't the death of the America First agenda.
3: Nuh-uh.
2: Far from it. Far from it, y'all. And you can actually track from the day that Trump endorsed J.D. Vance, his rise in the polls. I mean, you can actually really track it. And You have to give a shout-out to Tucker Carlson. He put J.D. Vance on for months although it didn't help him in the polls, to be quite honest with you. It wasn't until Trump gave the endorsement that he did rise in the polls and now subsequently uh, is victorious in the race for uh, the, the Republican primary to run against uh, this doofus uh, Tim Ryan. Anyway, here's Trump, Donald Trump, endorsing a bunch of candidates full-throatedly. He doesn't shy away. I mean, he knows he's going to be tested. He doesn't care. A Cut 27, Lou. Go ahead.
3: The difference between a wet raccoon and Donald J. Trump's hair. A wet raccoon doesn't have seven. Twenty-seven,
2: please.
4: I do not believe that Brett Kavanaugh will overturn. Precedents are overturned. He, he noted that Roe uh, had been reaffirmed 19 years later by Planned Parenthood versus Casey. I just let it play and out. That it was precedent on precedent. He said it should be extremely rare that it be overturned, and it should be an example. So you have, obviously, this. full confidence. I
3: do.
2: Trump's voice really changed, didn't it? Yes. <laughs> he sounds like, he sounds like uh, an old lady from Maine, doesn't he? A little bit, uh, listen, like,
3: yes.
2: <laughs> do me a favor, Lou. Please play Cut 21.
3: Senator Chuck Grassley has my complete and total endorsement for re-election. He's a great governor. He loves the state. Has my complete and total endorsement, Greg Abbott, Governor Greg Abbott. I want to pick somebody that's going to win, and this man is going to win. Come on up, JD. Carrie Lake, I tell you, she is incredible. She's going to be your next governor. And by the way, I endorsed another person today, Doctor Oz in Pennsylvania. Doctor Oz.
2: So that'll be the next. Uh, I think the next big test. I think the Pennsylvania primary is within the next two weeks. I'm not sure. But anyway, uh, you can go to our social media pages. Somebody put together uh, this video called Trump Thug Life and it's hilarious. It's absolutely hilarious. We cut it down to about 40, 45 seconds. Just a sample of it right here. But go to our uh, social media pages to check it out. Uh, Please play Cut 40 Now, Lou.
3: The difference between a wet raccoon and Donald J. Trump's hair. A wet raccoon doesn't have Seven billion dollars in the
12: back.
4: <laughs> awfully good that someone with the temperament of Donald Trump is not in charge of the law in our country.
3: Because you'd be in jail. Oh! He was only a good vice president because he understood how to kiss Barack Obama's ass. Oh! Wouldn't you love to see one of these NFL owners, when somebody disrespects our flag, to say, get that son of a bitch off the field right now, out. He's fired. (laughs) He's fired.
2: You got to love it. Trump Thug Life. Again, check out our social media pages. If you want to laugh, it's just absolutely hilarious. It's better to watch than to listen to, but it was pretty good to listen to. Now, you have this, uh, of course, Roe versus Wade. It has not. By the way, let me just mention this before I get to Roe versus Wade. Uh, the Greg Gutfeld show on Fox, the Greg Gutfeld show beat MSNBC and CNN's primetime lineups. He got more ratings at 11 o'clock on Monday night than they got during primetime. And this was a night that this breaking news about Roe versus Wade being overturned came out. And he still kicked their ass. They suck, and they they're really, really hurting in the ratings. But either way, now back to the overturning, the Roe versus Wade. I just thought I'd throw that out there. These, uh, these, these, these hags, these uh, liberal hags, really overplaying their hand when it comes to, in my opinion, anyway. Uh, Sid thinks, well, look, they, they, what do you think? Go ahead, Sid. You don't think they're overplaying their hand? I'll let you characterize what you're saying. Uh, as I, opposed I don't. To me doing I,
1: it. I mean, you know, they I hate them, and uh, I find it uh, very difficult to watch. But uh, as we've talked about, with everything falling apart in this country, inflation, supply chain issues, the war, uh, people, uh, a lousy economy, bad GDP numbers, less jobs. This is all they've got. And when you've got one thing, one thing, you yell and scream. So as annoying as it is and, uh, you know, as what it is for guys like you and I, they, I don't think they can even overplay their hands. They've got to do exactly what they're doing to try to convince Americans this is the worst thing to happen to them ever, which is ridiculous, but that's all they've got.
2: Right. The worst thing since Pearl Harbor. You don't think people, I, I think people see through it, but uh, that's a valid point of view you have. Anyway, here's the detestable Joy Behar. Uh, cut eight, please, Lou.
9: My worry is that this is just the beginning. Next, they'll go after gay marriage, and and maybe maybe uh, uh, the board, the what is it, Brown versus Board of Education? Yeah, they already eroded our voting rights a little yeah. bit. Yeah. So I see some, I see fascism down the line here.
2: So you, you hear irresponsible comments like that, and it, le- it it actually incites violence. I mean, fascism down the line, please. This is a pro democracy move. This uh, overturning Roe versus Wade as has been explained by Peter King and many, many others, it, it reverts back to the states where the voters, the state legislature who is elected by the voter, gets to pick and choose uh, the extent to which you can have an abortion, whether it's 15 weeks or whether, whether it's nine months. Abortion has been legal in New York State since nineteen seventy, three years before the Roe v. Wade uh, decision came down from the Supreme Court. You had Amy Schumer in Foley Square in Manhattan yesterday, Amy Schumer reading from her phone. This is Cut 35. Louis, please.
6: Women want more rights, more access to abortion, more freedom, not less. And John Roberts and his court are spitting in our faces right now.
2: Then you had uh, Governor Hochul, uh, Cut 36. I refuse to go backwards. You don't want to mess with us.
4: This is a fight that you will not win. As a woman, this is personal. This state of New York will always be there for anyone who needs reproductive health care, including an abortion.
2: Yeah, you're right. They'll always be there. So what the hell are you worried about? O- overturning Roe v.ersus Wade changes nothing in New York State. You're the governor. You should know that. Don't. What are, what are you panicking over? Anybody can get an abortion here. They can, as I mentioned, since 1970. Letitia James, she's the attorney general. Well, hold on. Well, with, the, but with Hochul
1: first, I mean, let's, let's, she's a female before she's a governor so it 's in her best interest to stand up for her gender. There are females in the middle of this country, for example, that their lives are going to change now because of this, and so she does have to stand up for them too. It would be pretty narrow if she just worried about the people in her own state I mean right I mean she is a female
2: yeah but and it does uh, affect, I
1: think this does affect females
2: uh, she she was elected governor she was not elected governor she no. she was she was chosen. She was chosen by Andrew Cuomo to run as lieutenant governor. Yeah. She was elected as lieutenant governor of New York State. And I'm pointing out there's no reason to panic. New York State is fine. It's just fine. Letitia James, attorney general of New York State. She was in Foley Square as well yesterday with Amy Schumer. And the, the shrillness of this, this oh, my God, this, this this woman. I'll just leave it at that. a Cut 34, Letitia James. Uh, go ahead, Lou.
6: This is a five-alarm fire, my friends. We will not go backwards. We will not go back into those days when we used wire hangers. Not now, not
2: ever. Shut your big mouth. Now, is that going to win anybody over? I mean, really. Is that going to win anybody over? Why? Who's going to use a, a, a coat hanger when he can go two states down and get an abortion? For God's sakes, relax. Uh, they, somebody did a study, if uh, Roe versus Wade is overturned, and by the way, that's not a sure thing. But anyway, if it was, o- abortions would be reduced by 14%. Now, of those 14% that it w- would be reduced by, that would be mitigated by the fact that they can go to other states. So it really has a negligible effect on most people in this country. Uh, listen to Susan Collins, the fact that uh, this opinion was uh, leaked It doesn't mean it's not a sure thing that this is going to be actual law, that that they're going to take this away, I should say, and revert it back to the States because Susan Collins says Brett Kavanaugh, there's no way he's overturning Roe versus Wade. Cut 27, Lou.
4: I do not believe that Brett Kavanaugh will overturn Roe. precedents are overturned. He noted that Roe had been reaffirmed 19 years later by Planned Parenthood versus Casey and that it was precedent on precedent. He said it should be extremely rare that it be overturned, and it should be an example. You have, obviously, full confidence. I do.
2: So there you have it. Uh, She says he's not going to do it. This may be an exercise in uh, an academic exercise that we're going through right here. One last thing: uh, Joe Biden in 2006. This guy is such a phony. He's corrupt. He's a pervert. He's a race baiter, and he's just uh, just a bad guy. This Joe Biden. Here he is in 2006. Just remember what he said yesterday about these apocalyptic comments about how this is awful. This is terrible. Uh, go ahead, play that clip, Lou.
8: I, I do not view abortion as a uh, um, as a choice and a right. I think it's always a tragedy, and I think that uh, it should be uh, rare and safe. And I think we should be focusing on how to limit the number of abortions. And there ought to be able to have a common ground and consensus as to do that.
2: Contrast that to uh, what you're hearing today, and uh, I mean, how does this guy look in the mirror? I guess he I guess he doesn't remember. <laughs> That's how he does it. But anyway, Joe Biden. Uh, on abortion in 2006. So keep hope alive, folks. It may not be uh, overturned. I know the uh, people out there, you know, a lot of our listeners want it to be overturned, but it still may not be. And if it is, it's not the end of the world, as Congressman King said. There's still a lot of failures on the Biden administration's part that we can seize on and uh, hopefully retake the House and the Senate. That's my concern, is that this is going to affect our ability to take the House and the Senate. And, uh, we were cruising, we were cruising to, to doing that until this issue popped up here on the Bernie and Sid show. We're going to speak to Travis Mills. He's a war hero. He's coming up right here. Keep it where
3: it is, folks. Bernard McGurk. Bernard has been a friend of mine for so long. And Sid, you
0: too. Sid Rosenberg. Not good. Great. Bernie and Sid in the morning. I love you guys. I listen to you every morning. I walk around the house laughing my butt off on the Red Apple podcast network. <laughs>
1: little John Cougar, melon Camp for you. Great song. Our next guest, I'll tell you, Bernie, at the break last break, I had the chance to talk to him and his father-in-law, and during this break, before he came back from break, had the chance to talk to him again, and you can't help but love this guy. He uh, put his book in front of me. He signed copies, Bernie, to me and you. New York Times bestseller, Tough As They Come. Thousands have been wounded in the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan five have survived quadruple amputee injuries this is one soldier's story his name is Travis Mills and ten years ago in Afghanistan he did lose his arms his legs first of all he's a great looking guy he's got he's really a cute face I mean he's got arms you can tell he's a big guy and uh, just a real nice guy he's got a beautiful wife he's got uh, Dax who came along his second child that really really I guess kind of showed them how how much bigger life is and maybe some of the things that we have to deal with, especially you. So with that said, celebrating a live day in New York City for the 10th consecutive year, we are very fortunate to have a real American hero. Travis Mills in studio today. What's going on,
11: brother? Oh, good morning. And way to way to cover uh, cover yourself there after saying like uh, how fat I was. But <laughs> you said you, it. Well, you said it. Your eyes tell the story. Yeah. You know, well, no, I'm just kidding. I'm husky. Um, <laughs> no. I'm husky, and I'm worried my nickname's going to be Spud actually because because <laughs> think about. It, I look like a potato, right? Like with my arms, legs pop on and off like Mr. Well, potato Head. Well, you know so, what's funny?
1: I, I just took a look at your stomach for the first time.
11: And you could afford to lose a couple. I've already lost arms and legs. What else do you want me to lose? <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> I mean, oh, so, Jesus, good, good Yeah. Good
2: break. Wow. Bernie, good morning. How are you today? <laughs> I I am great, Travis. I think you look terrific. Yeah. God bless you. I appreciate you. Have a donut. Enjoy yourself for God's sakes.
11: <laughs> That's what I'm gonna do. And I'll tell you what, I uh my arms and legs fell off and now my hair is following suit, you know, and it's just but we're not here for that. We're here to break me down. Um I already did that and I rebuilt myself up and And I'm grateful to be here. Thanks for having me this morning. Well, it is. It's great to have you.
1: Absolutely. And uh, and what an inspiring story. You know, look, right now you laugh about it. That's great. I I can't even imagine uh, living with it every day, let alone laugh about it. Um, But there had to be a time, especially 10 years ago, when this first happened in Afghanistan, where you never thought maybe you'd be laughing about it 10 years later. Tell us about that. That must have been a very, very difficult time.
11: Um We went on patrol uh my third deployment over to Afghanistan with the 82nd Airborne Division. We went out on patrol, and I um, happened to set my backpack down on the ground, and underneath it was a bomb. And when the bomb went off, it tore off my uh, right arm, right leg automatically. My left leg was pretty bad damaged, and my left arm was uh, pretty injured, but I still had use of it. And um, when I hit the ground and I saw the aftermath of what happened to me, I told my medic that ran up, Dan Bateson, I said, hey, just save my guys. He's like, don't worry, He's Like, you're not going to save me. Um, Because I saw a lot of guys over in Afghanistan die for what I thought was a lot less injury than mine. Yeah, And I said, you know, don't worry about it. And he ignored me, of course. You thought you were going to die right there. I I thought I was. And the only thing I told myself was, um, you know, don't don't freak out. And I kept seeing the movie Saving Private Ryan in my head, actually. Wow. Um, When the medic gets shot in the stomach in that movie, and he he cries out and begs for his mom, and he begs not to die, but ultimately he dies. I always said, no matter what happens to me, I'll never be that guy. And um, nothing wrong with being that guy, I guess, but I exuded confidence. I never showed fear. Uh, my unit would tell you I was a little crazy when it came to things. Um, wow. But I just figured it is what it is. So that all happened. And I got taken, you know, taken to the Kandahar Hospital, which impressively enough, 99% of people that make it there alive from their injury leave there alive. Wow. That's how far battlefield medicine and um, battlefield trauma has come, which is incredible. And they had to knock me out and medically sedate me uh, on the operating table because I kept trying to fight them off. I tried to stand up a bunch of times. And um then I had surgeries, 19, uh, I'm sorry, uh, 14 hours of surgeries with like nine doctors and seven nurses. And when I woke up four days later, it was actually my 25th birthday. And I came to, and I found out I had no arms and legs, and I didn't want to call my wife and and uh my parents, and I was convinced by my brother-in-law, who was in the room with me actually, he's a medic in the Army, and that he, you know, came along with me from Kandahar to Bagram to Launchville, Germany, and when I woke up, I didn't want to call them, and the truth was, I had questions like, am I a bad person? Does God hate me? What did I do wrong? I deserve this. And, the, you know, the biggest questions was, you know, that were going through my head was, how can I be a husband, you know, to my wife and a father, my six month old little girl, Chloe? And then the next question that would hit was like, why didn't I just die? And that was like the hardest thing, right? Like, not that I was suicidal, but I was like, I'm going to be a burden. Um, I went from six foot three, very athletic, um, you know, 22 inch biceps and things like that to, Three foot six, you know, in a matter of mm. seconds, mm. and I had to have someone feed me and help me with my clothing and and help me use the restroom. And um, I thought I'm just going to be a burden. So when I saw my wife for the very first time in person and had a conversation on the 18th of April, I told her she should take everything we have and she should just go, mm. and no hard feelings. Um, I understand like how how much of a burden this was going to be on her, and you know, and she was offended a little bit that I would say such a ridiculous thing. Yeah. And she stayed. And, um, you know, I went through 19 months recovery at Walter Reed, and I learned how to basically do everything all over again. So I have my hand that, you know, you guys can't see right now, but maybe you can. It spins in a circle, doesn't even hurt. But I got a prosthetic hand. I got uh, the ability to walk again. I drive. If you guys come to Maine where I live at, be careful. I'm on the road. I'm <laughs> a terrible driver. But, but you know, over the years, um, it, it, it was my alive days, like the day that you remember when you were injured real bad. And I used to hate it. And I was like, I don't want to celebrate this day. What's there to celebrate? What's there to be happy about? And I would just say, wait four days till my birthday. And, um, you know, as year seven, year eight, year nine, and then year ten hit, it's more about gratitude. Um, those doctors could have loosened up one tourniquet, and that could have been done. Um, you know, within two minutes, they worked 14 hours. And they gave me blood from their veins because the blood bank ran out of A-positive universal blood that day. I was given 400 kid. units of blood, most blood ever given. Um, in wow. Afghanistan, and um, it, it's just incredible. And then you think about—I uh, got to learn how to walk with my daughter. You know, me and her running around the the gym at Walter Reed and holding, you know, holding hands or prosthetic hands and like wobbling and weebling around. And then uh, just—I started Travis Mills Foundation, a big nonprofit up in Maine that was a five thousand dollar donation from Kelsey and I. It's now one of the biggest ones actually um, for veteran service organizations. And we bring up combat and service connecting injured veterans and their families and show them. I do things adaptively at a retreat that we built. And we have a post-traumatic stress side of the house. And, you know, you just think about the sacrifice my wife made. And, you know, at first it was obligation, I'm pretty sure. But now my social media following so big, I tell you, you can't leave me because I'll ruin you. <laughs> you know, uh-huh. so she stays. You know what I'm saying, Bernie? Yeah. She stays. But, I, I uh, hear you, Travis. Yeah. So
2: let me let me just re, 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 reset here. We're speaking to Travis Mills. He was wounded, injured in Afghanistan. Uh, and uh, you, you heard him tell the story there. And he runs the Travis Mills Foundation. The motto that you have for, uh, for the foundation, I believe, is never give up, never quit. By the way, you can go to travismills.org to help out, travismills.org. But never give up, never quit. You didn't always have that attitude. You have it now, obviously. And what was the key thing to uh, transform your mentality from, you know, I'm going to be a burden to never give up, never quit?
11: I mean, that was, uh, it was pretty simple, actually. Uh, it took me about, you know, two, three, four weeks where I was, I was, uh, like, hey, look, this is, this is what it is. But honestly, my daughter, my daughter, Chloe, my wife's name on my yes. side is a huge factor. Let's not downplay Kelsey and, in, mm-hmm. in, um, the magnitude of what she played. But honestly, my daughter being there and understanding like, hey, look, I'm still her dad and I still have to go forward in life. And, you know, now my daughter gets annoyed because she's 10, she does gymnastics and soccer and basketball and she's very athletic and fast and, if she has a rough time doing something, I'm like, oh, excuse me? She's like, oh, whatever, Dad. Never give up nor quit. Oh, I know. <laughs> I know. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. Do you have hands? Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Do you have feet? Oh, wow. That's funny. Hey, listen, I, I could
1: uh, relate sort of. By the way, Gary Sinise wrote the foreword for the book, and when you were talking, it reminded me of Lieutenant Dan in mm-hmm. Forrest Gump because he wanted to die too, and why did you save me, and he let me die there, and then he walks to he goes to the wedding wearing his prosthetics, and he was as happy as can be. But um, even when I got arrested for a DUI many years ago, and uh, I've completely changed my life since then, my abuse, uh, and again, not comparing that to what you're going through, but my daughter saw me get arrested and started to cry. And I'll never forget Ava's face as they put me in the back of the police car. So Mm -hmm. people say to me, what happened? And I say, my daughter, my daughter. Mm -hmm. So, again, on a much uh, lower scale, not comparing, uh, it is the children. It is the children, our children, that more than often save our lives, whether they're they're there or not.
11: Yeah, no, and and I I would say that that's just as impactful as my story. Honestly, I, I don't put myself on a pedestal. I don't think my problems outweigh anybody else's. And collectively, for your listeners, which obviously are millions and millions of listeners, I know that. Yeah, there's people going through cancer. There's people going through. Um, Bernie uh, financial, right now. Bernie's going through cancer. Well, right now. I yeah. I might have heard that. I just yep. didn't know if you guys talked about it. I, yeah, you we know, do. Yeah, I, we I do. Didn't know if that was today. But but again, you're going through that. Like that's that's a real life situation. So I don't yeah. think that my problems are any more important or any any more substantial. So you know, I'm in it to just help people. That's why I do, you know, keynote speaking. I spoke with J.P. Morgan Chase yesterday. I'm going I'm going to Banner Health out in Phoenix today. And I do that for my actual profession. You know, um, I'm a keynote speaker for corporate oper- uh, corporate um, you know offices. But but also New York showed up for me. And um, you know, look, I I don't know if you guys. Are- you guys probably you gotta have you got know Christine obviously with Nicholas and Lenson. Yes. Yes. and she is absolutely fantastic. If anybody needs a PR firm, let me tell you what you can't find a better a better PR firm. They make me look good, <laughs> with how uh, fat yeah. I looked, as you uh, said. But they um she she said, hey, we're going to celebrate your live day. And I, I was going to come in, in April and I had some scheduling conflicts and COVID or whatever, and and then we made it. She made it happen. Not we. She and her team, her wonderful team of awesome people, made it happen. And we had the Times Square's um. Alliance out there with Tom Harris and they had a press conference and nice. the v a the director you, you got a microphone in front of you you know all the names uh you know they they came out and I went to see uh um uh Way. Come from away, yeah. yeah. Oh. Come from away. We had the producers come. The producers come, on, come big from away. Yeah, and
12: NYC and, and, and Company was and the there. General, the General's general, the general, General Lori Sutton was yeah, there. Wow.
11: And like Paul uh, Vallone,
6: the Deputy
12: Commissioner yeah, of Veterans Affairs.
11: I was just gonna say Paul because I can't never remember Vallone. <laughs> and I was like, that's just that's just being rude to him. He gave me a ride home. Yeah. He, and He was a gentleman. He did not try to make out with me when he got when I got a car. He just he was a complete gentleman. And then the other the, the other lady too. The other lady um, Kellyanne Curtin from it NYC
12: is. and Company. I got yeah, it. She's Kelly amazing. Kellyanne, all Kel- the earth.
11: Yeah, but it was just it was just wonderful. And and we went to um with Jay gave us a private tour of the the um Jay Winecamp yeah
1: 11 Memorial Museum.
12: That's where oh, he right. started his trip.
11: Yeah. His tour
1: in New York
12: started right. there. Yeah,
11: and I've I've been here with Tunnels of Towers actually. I walked the five k. Oh, you did? And uh, that's oh, when no I met kidding. Gary Sinise. I fell on stage waving to the crowd after I walked the 5K. No, you didn't. Yeah, I did. Oh, and then actually Jul- Rudy Giuliani, his bodyguard, Brian, picked me up like on stage, and my legs weren't set. He let me go, and I fell again. Oh, that's that, yeah. the
1: second time we did it on purpose, let's be honest. No, no, no.
11: <laughs> sympathy. I'm Why all about sympathy. Yeah, yeah, I'm all about sympathy. Because, um, you know, if it's not about me, I'm not really into it. <laughs> And, uh, I appreciate that. yeah. And you know, I, I tell you what, I, I saw the bomb there and I was like, Hmm, 20 years or six. And I went for early retirement and I got it. I, I got it. But you know, I, I just, I, I'm so happy to be able to be here in New York. You know, you, you just feel alive. You feel alive when you're in New York city. And, and the reason I joined the military, I would never join probably in peacetime. You know, um, I would have you know, ended up in the NFL or MLB, whatever. Right. But but the truth is, since there was a war going on and we were attacked and it meant so much to me to go, I was just like, I, I want to do my part. You know, I want to do my part and I want to I go over there. And, and I ended up, you know, being pretty decent at it.
2: My God, you are an amazing individual, Travis Mills. Again, it's the Travis Mills Foundation, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, go to travismills.org, the foundation, of course, as he laid out. It helps other wounded veterans and their families through long-term programs. And it's it's amazing, and your personality is is unmatched. I mean, a sense of humor and, and what you did for your country. I mean, we're forever indebted to you. But anyway, uh, travismills.org, Travis Mills. Uh, we're short on time. Do you want to plug something that you're going to do coming up here, uh, Travis?
11: Yeah, I mean, if you have anybody that's uh, near Maine or wants to come to Maine for May 29th, we have our annual Modest for Mills 5K. We're hoping to get over 2,000 uh, runners and people to show up. you don't got to run, you can walk it, and it's one of our big fundraisers for the year. And uh, if you guys want to do that, if not, come volunteer, be my friend. And if you can follow me on my social media handles, at SSG Travis Mills, to help my wife stay with me forever. You're doing it to save my marriage. She can't oh, leave if I get more followers. No, <laughs> I, I just want to say thanks so much. And, and, and Bernie, good luck. Good luck with what you're going through, sir. Thanks I, very I, much, Travis. I just want you to know, um, you know, it, it, the, I think the hardest part is actually finding out. And then it's all about, like, how can I get better? Yeah.
1: Well, listen, See, we, uh, just so you yeah. know, I, I would have made out with you in the car if it was me. But, uh, and I don't think it would have stopped me, to be honest. <laughs> but it, it's, a, it's a pleasure meeting you. You're, you're a wonder. You're a hero. You're inspiring. You're wonderful. You've got a great sense of humor. You're everything good about this country. And uh, kind words about Bernie, too. Of
11: course, he appreciates And we both love you very much. So thank you so much. Well, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. And i uh, work on my weight problem. Um, <laughs> I'll see what I can do for you Sid. You
1: said it, not me. You the, agree. Uh, well, you I did agree. agree. Well, I'm not going <sighs> to lie. I'm not going to lie just because you in a wheelchair. I'm not going to lie to you. Let's well, be honest. I,
11: right? <laughs> I tossed it out to you because you can actually catch it. But you didn't. You just hammered it back at me. But, no, you guys are awesome. Thanks so much for your Thank time. You. And uh, good luck with everybody. Uh,
1: you, today. too. There he is, folks. Travis Mills. Go buy his book. Tough as they come. It's been out for a couple of years, but it's great. Check him out on his social media. Travis Mills. Everything right about this country. Uh, I need a caller for uh, Beat Bernie. one eight hundred eight four eight 848 1-800. Funny bastard.
2: one 800 And I guess you got the clip of the day, right, Bern? We have the 77 WABC clip of the day. Listen to the guys behind the glass. With Justin Ellick, Luke Legrano, and Mike DiDino, download and subscribe on the Red Apple Podcast Network here. Luke and Justin talk about the New York Jets.
7: Zach Wilson has plenty of opportunities now to run whatever play he wants, which is not something that he had last year.
10: Now you have a real football team around you. Yeah. And, you know, nobody's asking you to go out and win 10 games, 11 games, 12 games. But I think Jets fans are expecting to go out there and be within a game or two of 500. We're being realistic, right? Especially in that division. They're not going to win anything. But if you're a Jets fan, you're planning on walking into MetLife, for home games at least, every week next season. And you're expecting to watch a competitive football game.
0: Now, it's time to Beat Bernie. It's time to Beat Bernie. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters. You think you can beat Bernie? Good luck. It's time to be
1: burning. All oh, right, let's get right to the game. Sal is in Valley Stream, New York, this morning. Sally, good morning. How are you, pal? Good morning, guys. How are you? Well, uh, very, very well, thank you. It is time to play. Running short on time, thanks to Travis Mills' great, great appearance. Number one, Egypt has adopted daylight saving time, but suspends its use during what Muslim month? Ramadan? Yes. <laughs> Katz's Deli, located in Lower Manhattan, was famously featured in what Billy Crystal movie? Oh, this was good. When well, Harry Sally? That's right, Meg Ryan. I'll have what she's having. For the last 900 years, British coronations have taken place at Westminster Abbey, conducted by who? I'm going to throw a guest
7: out there. The Queen? Not a bad guess. guess.
1: It's the Archbishop of Canterbury. If it's midnight in the Eastern Time Zone, what time is it in the Mountain Time Zone?
3: Mountain time, ma-
1: mountain zone, ma- mountain time zone. What? Yeah, but if, I, I got that, buddy. If it's midnight here, what time is it there in the Mountain Time Zone? What's their time?
7: Oh, um, I'll say ten o'clock.
1: Yeah, that's right. And uh, finally, more than 40 years apart, which two presidents have been buried at Arlington National
3: Cemetery? Let's say Kennedy and...
1: Uh, The answer is Teddy Roosevelt. You got three right. You did very, very well. Let's get to uh, Bernie quickly. Bernie, are you there, my man? Yes, I'm here. All right, man, you need four to win today. Okay, we got to blow through this quick. Here's number one, Bernard. Egypt has adopted daylight saving time but suspends its use during what Muslim month? That would be uh, Ramadan. Correct. Katz's <laughs> Deli, located in lower Manhattan, was famously
2: featured in what Billy Crystal movie? That would be... Uh the one with um, what's her name? Where uh, I'll have what she's having. Correct, um, Meg Ryan. What the, uh, Meg Ryan? It was yeah. uh, called ah, um, oh, what the hell was it called? Come on, I'll have what she's having. <laughs> uh, right. you've got it right. I yeah. can't think she's of the moaning name and of the groaning. Morning. She's having an
1: orgasm. Yeah. The name of the movie was When Harry Met Sally. Like
2: that's right. Th- <laughs> that's right. I said
1: it. <laughs> For the last nine hundred years, British coronations have taken place at
2: Westminster Abbey. Conducted by who? Conducted by the uh, the Archbishop of Canterbury. Yes. If it's midnight in
1: the Eastern Time Zone, what time is it in the Mountain Time Zone?
2: In the Eastern Time Zone, the Mountain Time Zone would be, would be, what time did you say initially? Midnight. It's midnight here. Midnight, so it would be, uh, uh, it would be 11, 10, 9 o'clock.
1: That's incorrect. It could be 9 o'clock Pacific out in Los Angeles, but the mountain time zone is only a two-hour difference. That would be 10 o'clock. You idiot. The best you can do here is tie. And actually, if you get this one wrong, the contestant wins. More than 40 years apart, Bernard, which two presidents have been buried at Arlington National Cemetery?
2: Repeat it quickly.
1: Yes. More than 40 years apart, which two presidents have been buried at Arlington National Cemetery?
2: 40 years apart, Arlington, Yeah, Uh, that would be uh, Eisenhower and uh, Teddy Roosevelt. Well, you got one right. Congratulations to
1: Sal in uh, Valley Stream. He wins today. It's actually Teddy Roosevelt and John F. Kennedy. Those are the two at Arlington. Uh, 3-2 the final score today. Cash and prizes on the way to
2: Sal. Bernie, say hello to Sal. What's up, Sal? Congratulations, bro. Good morning, Bernie. Thank you. Not at all. Listen, uh, good job. You're a, you're a history buff, are you? No, I just uh, I got lucky. I guess I got lucky with, with these uh, questions that I got today. Uh, that, uh, that 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 uh, Teddy Roosevelt, the uh, JFK one. I mean, that seems like uh, something you know you would have to know history to know that answer. But uh, either way, well, I
3: know I know Kennedy. I know Kennedy is there because the internal flame, and we went we went down there uh, last a uh,
10: few years ago to Washington.
2: Ah, very good, excellent guess I chose Eisenhower because well, he was military and uh, either way, whatever, I got it wrong I got it wrong, you got it right Sal, listen, congratulations, we're short of time here Uh, Let's let's play again, call, thanks for listening and uh, appreciate it all All right, thank you everybody I hope you're feeling better, Barney I appreciate that very much, Sal, on the Bernie and Sid show, we're coming right back
0: Beat Bernie, Sponsored by Boilers and pavilion tankless water heaters on 77 WABC. Bernie and Sid in the morning. Alright, folks,
1: you can check out pictures of uh Travis, Travis and me, Travis Mills at Rosenberg.sydney on my Instagram account. I did tag at it's Bernie and Sid, but for now at least at Rosenberg.sydney on Instagram and um what a smile! What, what just say? I mean, everything was a joke. You know, he's. I mean, he just makes fun of the fact he's got no arms and he's got no legs. He's not looking for any sympathy, and he is loving life. He's got two kids. He lives in a great country. He's got a, a great job. He's got a wife that loves him and has stuck around and supported him. And um, you know, for anybody today that uh, thinks they're having a bad day like me, because I feel fat, I just had a guy in studio without arms and legs, and I work with a guy every day equally as courageous, who goes for chemotherapy and radiation every couple of weeks to kill off something that's trying to kill him. So uh, you two guys, specifically Travis Mills and you, Bernard McGurk, both are profiles in courage. And uh, I have to say, I felt less than during that three-man conversation.
2: (laughs) Well, you shouldn't. And uh, by the way, I wouldn't put myself in a category with Travis Mills. but, uh, But either way, he was so, so impressed. You have to have a, have a, a, a good perspective. You, you know, you you deal with the, uh, you play with the cards you're dealt, and and that's what he's doing. And uh, a sense of humor. He's got the wife and kid, and uh, he tries to help others. Just a wonderful uh, individual, a, a human being. I just can't can't say enough about Travis Mills. I really he, he was great. He
1: really was. He got a very great show in, coming. Uh,
2: coming away tomorrow. He's very
1: inspirational. Yes. Uh,
2: looks like three guests
1: at least. I know we've got, uh, looks like Jack Brewer is going to stop by. He's all over Joy Weed. We both love him. Of course, it is right. yeah, Thursday Bill O'Reilly and uh, the judge, Andrew Napolitano. He'll be back as well. So we got a couple of really good shows coming up. Today was great. Thanks to all of our guests today. And, and Bernie, that was a lot of fun, man. Just a, a great job. You're, you're up on all this all versus Wade stuff, the Ohio stuff, everything going on, Trump. You're
2: the man, brother. You're the man. How can I be the man if you're the man, Cindy? That's my question to you. <laughs> great. I it's love not, you possible. not possible. Not possible. All the, the love. Sid, thanks YouTube. for the nice words. Appreciate yeah, it.
1: They are uh, well-deserved and accurate. Lou Rafino, great job. Luke Lograno, Justin Ellick, Frankie Diaz with an e Deb Valentine. Enjoy your rainy day in New York. It'll be sunny and hot tomorrow, I promise you. Until tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. from all of us to all of you.
12: Peace! Peace!